Hello everyone and welcome to the Chompcast, the podcast of Sore Chomp, put on by a group of casual gamers that wants to discuss all aspects of gaming together. We discuss the philosophical, cultural, and technical aspects of gaming together in an effort to gain new perspectives on the hobby that we all share. If this is your first time being here, welcome to the show. It's so nice you and other new listeners join the show. And if you've been here for a long time, thank you so much for your love and support. We have a fun and timeless discussion, albeit a little overdone in the world of gaming. You see, we at Sorchomp grew up in the 90s. We had the fortunate opportunity of growing up during one of the most massive evolutions of gaming to date. We got to see the transition of graphics and capabilities of gaming explode and grow. Part of that experience was dumping hours upon hours into one of two consoles, the Sega Genesis and the Super Nintendo, also known as the Super Famicom in Japan. If you were around during that time, you didn't have online forums and social media to churn out your, em- your very particular opinion. No, you had to take your opinions to the playground or to work as you verbally and emotionally battled in support of the console in your household. It was a bloodless affair, but it wasn't without its wounds. Children went home crying, wondering why their parents wouldn't buy them the console their friends had. Adults laughed at the idiocy of their so-called friends. The companies themselves waged war on each other through ad campaigns targeting their competition. So, what better way to relive the past than to dredge up that old battle and fight it once again? Yes, we will be discussing the Genesis versus the Super Nintendo. After we've had our fill, we will be reading some listener comments left by you, Chomp Nation. Once we wrap up that business, we will be talking about the games we've been playing. We haven't been able to crack into Horizon Forbidden West at the time of recording. And I said last week that we had concluded our thoughts about Pokemon Legends Arceus, but I was wrong. I have some last thoughts that I want to discuss, so I'm going to do that. We will also be discussing Sifu, Infernax, and Horizon Zero Dawn. We will round out the show with the social media polls that you all voted on, and we will discuss the results. At the end of the show, we will discuss how you can get more content from us if you end up enjoying this episode, so stick around for that if you're interested. Now, without further ado, let's get cracking on these intros. Today, I am joined by a man who is known around these parts as the editor of Sword Chomp. He produces a quality body of work over at the site in the form of reviews and articles. He also is the main host of Chomping at the Bits. He is the co-host of this show in Chomping After Dark, and he knows a good pizza when he sees it. Please welcome Rich Meister. How you doing, buddy? What's up, man? Uh, pretty good. We got, um, is the show over yet? I want to play that Horizon video game. Ah, no, no. We, we only have three hours to go. I'll just, I'm going to punch out early. I don't think so. That's okay. I don't really want to. Actually, I uh, there's a lot of games, uh, like cool little stuff I've been playing. Yeah. Uh, this week. 
yeah, you've been playing a lot of smaller stuff after uh, you kind of kicked your Pokemon addiction. Yeah, you know what it is? I, I did everything, and I'm going to go back to it and like do the end game stuff and chip away at that because I still really like that game. Um, but I'm playing a few uh, smaller like wind-down things. Uh, in addition to Horizon, I picked up King of Fighters 15 today. Um, They're up to so, 15? Yeah, so, you know. You have, a, you have a full slate. Video games are happening. It's time for Terry Bogard to come out of retirement once again. <laughs> And become the king of fighters. He's never in retirement. Don't you know, Rich? Um, I'm sorry, Josh is fucking me up here. Uh, yeah, no, I know. I know better than anyone, I think. Uh, Guru Mark of the Wolves. One of the best video games ever made. Speaking of wolves, um, <laughs> I'm jo- also joined by the audio engineer and brand manager of Sword Chomp. He gets a sounding pristine while also handling some of the legal business side of this venture. He is also the lord of indies here, as they dominate a majority of his playing time. A man who's not afraid to tell it like it is, or isn't, please welcome Josh Fowler. And how are we doing on this fine day, Josh? I thought, I thought about howling, but I, I've... I've... I thought better of it. Oh. <laughs> we had to, had to somehow salvage that uh, that transition, but it no, I yeah. It doesn't work because everybody doesn't know about the pornography Shay just sent us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah. I wish. I mean, who porn. wouldn't do that, Wolf? I, that's uh, idiots. All right, all right. I wasn't gonna mention it, but <laughs> uh, I saw a video where this woman greets these wolves that apparently she works with and they all lick her in the mouth as she opens her mouth wide open let allowing them to lick her mouth and she didn't we sound french about, though <laughs> which we is talk- yeah it's- we were talking before the show about how you know wolves and other canids clean them their themselves especially their anuses by licking them so, is that what that conversation was about? Yes. We were not having the same conversation. We absolutely were having the same conversation. Or at least you weren't engaged in the conversation. We were, we were talking about the recrea- rec- recreational yeah, everything I was application about was purely, of that activity. Purely recreational. Yeah. Well, we started off by that, is what I'm trying to say, and then we branched off. You, you kind of interrupted <clears> me before I finished, but nothing new there. But, um, that's a pretty good one. <laughs> yeah anyways yeah so that's what we were talking about before the show and uh in in essence i was calling josh a butthole licker seems like there are less roundabout ways to get to there but, uh, well uh, i was trying to be polite about it <laughs> i don't know if there's a polite way to do that mm. i just did it and you guys you guys ruined it you ruined it anyways how, how are you actually doing josh I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know anymore after that. Yeah, yeah. That uh, abhorrent intro from me. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm living through some things. Well, oh. <laughs> is is it the worst? Is that that transition the worst thing you've lived through in 2022 so far? Oh no, no, no. There's uh there's been uh. Maybe. 
<laughs> I love how that was a definite no. And then it took you three seconds. You're like, wait, actually, maybe it was. <laughs> it's possible. You know, it's certainly within the realm of possibility. That is possibly the worst thing I've experienced this year. Or two months in. Or two months into the year, guys. Yep. I don't think so. Almost what three. Fuck? What the Stop fuck? Stop saying that. <laughs> what the fuck? Fuck's but, the yeah. with you. Mm. Yeah, the, these next few weeks are going to be insane um, for, for all people who enjoy games. Game after game after game this week, or this month, or this quarter, whatever you want to say. It's nonstop gaming, but... Uh, my name is Shay, and I do a little bit of everything around here. Keep my intro nice and short and sweet. Which, I am none of those things. Nice, short, or sweet. I'm actually the, uh... No, Josh, you are taller than me. You're 6'3". What was that, 189 centimeters? Um, I have no idea. The oi, that's right, mate. One hundred and eighty-nine centimeters in your skivvies. Hmm. Who who joined the podcast? Who's this guy? Oi, it's me. Um, fishing chips, Freddy from South London Town. <laughs> okay. Oi, mate. <laughs> No, give me your knickers. <laughs> <laughs> you nailed it. Huh. You nailed it, Freddy. Always nice to hear from Freddy. Oh, Freddy, what a good guy. Oh, Freddy. Freddy always trying to take our knickers. But no, it's 190 centimeters, roughly, Josh. Okay. That's pretty close. That's pretty close. Yeah. That's good information to have, because like when I, when I first came here, people would ask me all the time, how tall are uh, you? And I'm like, yeah. I'm six foot one. Oh, uh, I don't know. And uh, now I have it memorized because I've been asked at least a hundred times in Japan how tall I am. So there you go. Now I know in centimeters how tall I am and my weight in uh, kilograms. Yeah, hmm. I mean it's it's Which important is useful. information. I mean, is, is, you know. Yeah. You know, there's there's something I never really have talked about with uh foreigners it's mm -hmm. probably one of the weirdest questions i feel like i've ever been asked because we don't ever ask it in the states or in western countries but they ask it all the time here what's your blood type i always get asked that and no I we don't... ask what your sign is here in the states from yeah equally diluted people yes yeah yeah so if if uh for those of you that don't know that because i do live in japan um there, there's astrology, obviously, which is, you know, superstition and whatnot. And it's based off of your astrological sign. That's kind of how blood type is treated here. Like, some people mm -hmm. are very into the varying blood types and think that blood type dictates your mood, your future, your compatibility with other people. It's kind of similar oh, in that regard. So it is, it is literally that. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah that's, that's one of the reasons that they ask your blood type in, like, basically all the Kojima games. That makes sense. That makes sense. I guess I never, like, read too much into it. Yeah, I mean, like, I remember in Saga Frontier when that happened. And I was like, why the fuck are they asking me this? And lo and behold, that's Perfectly why. I never knew nefarious that reasons. Yeah, I was always like, what the fuck are you trying to steal my information for? Like, why do you need to know my blood type? No, one, but no one's trying to steal your information. They're trying to steal your blood. 
Mm-hmm. You're, you're genetic information rich. You're genetic information. It, no, it's literally the blood we want. Yeah, but within the blood is the genetic information held by your chromosomes and your genes. Then why don't they just take my cum? I mean, are you going around? He's been trying to give that, that away for so long. Checkmate, atheist. <laughs> Got him. All right, let's actually talk about video games now. Let's crack right into the topic. By Sorry, guys, I'm in a mood. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's it's a rare it's rare form for you. I I dig it. Let's crack it right into the topic by starting off with which system we all played the most when we were growing up and or owned. So, Rich, uh, since you are the youngest here, I'm going to let you go first by starting off. Uh, which, which system did you have growing up and which one did you play the most? I mean, between I th- the two that we're discussing. I, I think I'm in a rare case because maybe this makes me sound like a fucking rich kid, but I was not, I assure you. I had a Super Nintendo... And then I had a Sega Genesis at my grandparents' house, and I was at my grandparents' house like three days a week. Mm. Um, but I still played a lot more Super Nintendo. I'm not a monster. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, Josh, how about you? When I was a boy, <laughs> TV was When books. I was a young man. Sorry. It's always my favorite quote as well, Josh. Mm-hmm. The classic. Exactly. Um, but no, no, books. Um, books and, and, and Apple too. Hmm. I guess, I guess I got a hand-me-down Game Boy. It was the first one that I had. But, uh, um, I think I played more Genesis growing up because I had, uh, cousins really? who had a Genesis. So, uh, yeah, I'd play a, play a ton of uh um golden axe mm, dude golden really axe. Mm-hmm. golden axe is pretty cool do you have that that genesis collection on one of your consoles i would love to just play some golden axe with you i don't what? currently unless i don't i've got some sort of genesis collection on my steam account but i don't think i actually have golden axe in there because they've got a really weird setup where like it just shows the whole collection in your library and you have to log into it to find out what actual games you have mm. with DLC. And I can't remember what games I have in there. Dude, we should find a way that we can play that together online and like stream that. I would oh, love th- to play Golden. definitely Night. really easy ways to do that at this point. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. But yeah, we should do that sometime, Josh. I fucking love Golden Axe. But anyway, sorry. Continue. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, we didn't. Uh, didn't have money for those growing up, so I got, like I said, a hand-me-down Game Boy that I had forever until I started buying my own consoles, um, which, you know, by the time I had money to do that, I was, you know, buying an N64 instead, because, uh, you know, child labor laws. Hmm. 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 That makes sense. That makes sense. Fucking liberals, am I right? Right? <laughs> Um, for me, you know, I hear my, Wisconsin my father... solving that though. Yeah, they're working on it. Yeah, trying. Now, my father, um, he was in the military, and when he came back from being stationed in Korea, he brought back a Sega Genesis with him, and so he, him, and I would play that from time to time. Mainly, he played it when I was much younger, and I would watch him play it. He would let me play it from time to time, of course. Um, and he got more generous with that as time went on. 
for sure. Um, did did he bring back a Sega Genesis or a Giga Genesis? Because because uh, my dad also brought back a bunch of bootleg stuff when he came back from Korea. The Fooper Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was my, my, it was an copy actual... of uh, my oh. copy of The Incredibles. Definitely had the little thing that popped at the bottom saying that it's a, a you know a screener copy. Like do do not duplicate. <laughs> mm. Awesome on it. Yep. That sounds about right. No, uh, my father, because he bought his on the, the exchange, the base mm. exchange or the BX, which was basically like the uh, supermarket slash department store for military families. Uh, that's where he bought his. So he got he got the base console and he got the little master system attachment to it. So we can also play the uh, that the older retro games as well. So I get to play like Fantasy Star and rastin and those old old ass games but yeah so i grew up with that i i didn't have a super nintendo growing up um i didn't get to play one until i mean either i went to my friend's house to play or i was in my teens and i play i played it because i eventually got one in my teens but um yeah i also grew up with the genesis as well and so that's where i dumped a majority of my time so um let's talk about the most obvious one and that is um the the game well let's save the games let's save the games um how about let's start with the controller let's start with the controller i mean we've all used both controllers which one do you think is the better controller between the two consoles and why and you can jump in first rich i think there's a very specific distinction here that i want to make which is that I think the base Super Nintendo controller is better than the base Genesis controller, but the Genesis six button controller is a fucking revelation. Mm. It's mm. great for fighting games. Yeah, it's just a shame that Street Fighter sounds like shit on the Genesis. Yeah, the Gen the Genesis, I I mean like we could get into the technical aspect of each console. Um, if you guys want the we can just mention, I think it'd be better to just mention it periodically here and there. The Genesis yeah. sound, um, I don't know, sound system's probably not the sound, right word. Sound chip. Sound chip. Sound yeah. chip. Basically, it could handle lows really well, so it was good for like yeah. rock and metal music. The but bass it was not... channel was significantly better than the Super Nintendos, but that, that was... But that's the only thing that was better yeah. on it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So... I... As a result, you have a ton of games. Street Fighter is one that sticks out like a sore thumb for me. Uh, where, like, the soundtrack is just so much noticeably better on the Super Nintendo port. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, fighting games particularly are the thing that suck because of that. Because thanks to the six-button controller, fighting games are a lot better to play on the Sega Genesis. And yeah. they sound a lot better on the Super Nintendo. And I don't know, think I'm sharing an unpopular opinion here to say... The fucking Street Fighter 2 soundtrack slaps. Mm. Yeah, and that was one of those weird situations where because they already had the soundtrack, like they didn't do enough to make it work on the other system. Whereas, like, you get stuff like Streets of Rage, and they leaned into the sound chip being they bass worked in heavy. their limitations. Yeah, 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 and so they made a like they made something that UK cool. hip hop and and house music inspired soundtrack that just goes ridiculously hard with what the sound chip does well. Whereas like a Street Fighter or a Mortal Kombat is an arcade console port yeah. working with an existing soundtrack and it just comes out sounding crunchy and gross. 
Mm-hmm. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, I... <clears throat> I want to say that I think that the controller, as much as I love um, the Sega Genesis controller, those controllers were not the most ergonomic controllers as oh, compared yeah. to a Sega Gen or a Super Nintendo. And I, I had problems with the, the cord at the base of the controller always kind of breaking, and then I'd have exposed wires. I happened, had that happen to me on more than one controller, so they Kids were not... Those. They yeah. were not the best design controllers. They're, I still like the Genesis controller for what it was, but it was clear to me that the Super Nintendo's controller was much, much better. Yeah. I like how they have the con- that cord coming out the wrong way on the Dreamcast too, but to fix it, they just put a like the biggest a clip cord protector, like yeah, hunk of plastic on it. Like no, no, you're not going to break it this time. We thought things through. I'm like, and then that built-in. There's that built-in clip on the Dreamcast controller for you to yep. run the wire underneath it so it's going yep. the right way. Exactly. And it, at least they didn't have to explain themselves there because it's like, why'd you put it the wrong way? And they're like, VMU. And we were like, that's not going to be a thing. Stop saying that. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, unfor- unfortunately, the, as much as I'd love to say, yeah, it was a Sega Genesis, it wasn't. So Yeah. Um, I think even the six button, though, it's as grid as it is for fighters, it's still a worse controller. Because it still just, feels cheaper somehow. Yeah, a yeah, it's it's it had a ton of extra plastic just to make it bigger, but it wasn't anyway. But like my, my bigger problem with it was that just the four buttons in a row, your thumbs on all of them. It's super easy to hit all four of those buttons, and you have triggers on the SNES controller, yeah. which is just you're always touching all the buttons on that machine. And other other than select and start, like it's just it makes it makes you know twitchy controls so much easier to do whenever you're not trying to find a new button. You're already touching that button. It's just a matter of you know yeah. pressing it down. I mean, I, I think that's a really good point. I mean, you think about intu- being intuitive with your movement on the controller. None of the controllers nowadays have three buttons across from each other it's never designed like that it's designed to where your thumb is on or your fingers on are on all of the necessary buttons at a given moment in time depending on how you are holding the controller um it's not only that but like 90 to 95 percent of the time you weren't using all six buttons or even three of the six buttons on the sega genesis controller you two when you of them a lot it. of the time yeah 90 to 95 percent of the time you're using two buttons and that's it 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 was a thing you were getting because you're like i am going to play fatal fury now like that is yeah. why you bought that mm-hmm. i right. fully admit that but like that's why i had two six button controllers because me and my cousins would be at my grandparents house playing fatal fury after school mm. oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah i um yeah uh, I I I I still have a place in my heart for for the Genesis controller. You know, when I see one, if I'm in a retro store, I'm like, oh man, that brings back memories. But objectively, it it is the SNES controller for sure. Um, we don't really need to touch upon sound because we kind of did. Uh, yeah, we kind of hit that by accident first thing. Y- yeah, and, and I mean that's that's fair. That's fine. I mean, there's not too much to say about that. The the sound chip was much better in this. Super Nintendo, therefore, Nintendo Super Nintendo's was better. Yeah, 
It, it um, resulted, like, a lot of hardware limitations does, though. We, we did kind of already touch on this, but I just do think it's worth noting. Like, it... I don't like that Sega sound chip. There are some people who really fucking love it, and the best thing you can say about it is, like, you know, Streets of Rage and stuff. Like, it resulted in a lot of innovation from developers to make some really cool uh, sound design working yeah, within yeah. that chip's limitations and that chip's strengths. Yeah, mm. I mean... Frankly, there's there's a lot of creativity that came out of the Nintendo, like the original Nintendo. Oh, yeah. Because that yeah. had four channels, period, mm. for everything. Um, which meant you had to be really selective with what you wanted to put in there because you want sound effects? It's it's gonna clip out part of your music in order to play them. It, it's and they were still doing that on the Super Nintendo and everything later on, but it was way more noticeable when it was a quarter of the music. At least if a quarter. I, I can't remember if it's the, the like, you know, old PC Engine version of it that had this problem, or if it was the Genesis version. I'm sure somebody might know and can correct me if I'm wrong. But I think, and this is one of the weirdest, like, sound limitation things for a game that has awesome an awesome soundtrack. I think the Sega Genesis version of Zool had an option where you cho- had to choose the beginning of the game. Do you want music or do you want sound effects? No, that makes mm. sense. That that makes sense back then. Like, um, if you have enough channels, you can kind of get by with, you know, doing both and having it cut out parts of it. All, all the Mario games did that where yeah. sound effects would just take priority and kind of override whatever the music yeah. was doing. Um, like it's it's pretty noticeable on some of those, like especially Super Mario World, uh, it's it's noticeable, but it's still, you know, it's, it's still a works. jaunty little soundtrack that it works with that anyway. Um, yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. I don't have too much to add to that. Um, one of the things that you know, I was looking at some publications of past and present as um kind of preparation, minimal preparation for this topic and. <laughs> One of the Minimal. things I don't think a lot of people talk about are the differences between the advertising. And that's something that when I put the topic up on Instagram this week that I tried to highlight because that's a lot of people want to talk about the games and the specs and the controller and the sound and the video. But a lot of people don't talk about the advertisements. And I think that was very much a cultural aspect of this war that was happening in the 90s. Of the 90s, which sucked. <laughs> The 90s Sega, were awesome. I know. I just like the shit on the, the Ratitude era. There's something like... I'm weirdly nostalgic and like eye turny at that at the same... At the classic Sega does what Nintendo slogan. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. But the 90s I, were when humanity gave their first good attempt at the oversized t-shirt. And it wasn't for another decade until hip-hop finally perfected it. But yeah, there was a real honest attempt during the 90s that all of humanity gave to the oversized t-shirt that uh, we never <laughs> but, uh, quite figured never quite out got uh, where we needed to be. Yeah, uh, the technology just culture. wasn't there at the time. Um, um, Shay, but really what you're talking about there, like, um, that's all Sega of America. Like, that was their mission statement, was like, you have to beat Nintendo in, in the West, and that whole ad campaign came out of that. Yeah, I it was it was a really cool ad um campaign at the time and I still think in retrospect it was a really cool one because <clears throat> excuse me. 
what what that ad campaign did was really highlight what what each system was good at. If you go back and look at some of the advertisements, whether they were store adverts or they were just you know uh magazine adverts, newspaper adverts, what have you, Nintendo was really trying to focus on its it's it being a a name brand or a brand that was known in the household at the time, and also kind of catering to the fact that it had something for everybody. Whereas Sega, as Rich was saying, was trying to really stand out and say, this is, this isn't your child's console. This is, you know, this is the, the next wave of awesomeness and there's blood with Mortal Kombat and there's, um, violence with road road rash and all the they were trying ro- to appeal to the like preteen to teen market in a big way and it was mostly mostly successful uh road road rash is what you're thinking of yeah sorry I w- I d- did i say road rash i think you did the second time but i think you said road rage first i was in the middle of saying road rage yeah and then i yeah okay i think you did correct yourself but i just wanted to make sure in case anyone misheard no i appreciate that i appreciate um, that I, I while we're on this subject specifically i do want to recommend if anyone is really interested in like that whole story there's a fantastic book called Console Wars that kind of chronicles the story of Tom Kalinske, who was the president of Sega of America at the time, who was kind of handpicked after coming out of Mattel um, to run Sega of America. And basically, he was the guy that Japan brought in to be like, you need to help us beat Nintendo in Western markets. Yeah, and like, to be honest with you, I'd say it's about as a... It- it went about as successfully as it could have in retrospect, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But advertisements were such a huge part of that, and it really did work in Sega's favor. Um, I, I would definitely say that Sega's advertisement game was on point during this time. I, it, especially looking back in retrospect, um, they, yeah, their advertisements were just leagues better than Nintendo's. They, they knew the market, and they they knew how, like, Tom Kalinske specifically knew the market, and he also was a person who, I don't know how much of this you really see in them anymore, he got, like, really hands-on with the product, like, he was the guy who came in and was like, you guys need to get Sonic the Hedgehog out the door, and it needs to be the pack-in, we need to stop packing in Altered Beast, that game is just not good enough to move consoles. No, and it was too short, it was way too short of a game. Yeah. Altered Beast, as much as I love that game, is way too short of a game, and it has such a steep difficulty spike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog was a much better packing choice. But um, that's for... We'll talk about that a little bit later. That's yeah, I mean, It obviously... had a much better first level, which I think is what actually mattered, because that's all oh, most people played of both of them. I Of the first Sonic the Hedgehog, yeah. yes. Sonic the Hedgehog 2's got a real fire second level. Yeah. Well, that I mean, it's like true. specifically for like that going over to a friend's house, playing a game a little bit. Oh, I yeah. need this. I need this game. The first level has to be that's just your, perfect. Your, that's and, your sales pitch. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like that's your demo kiosk. Yeah. The first level of Sonic One is one of the most perfect levels, and the rest of the game is a game, but that level is outstanding. You don't open with Marble Zone. Yeah. I think. I think that was that's actually a really interesting aspect of the conversation, Josh, just because because it's not a problem we have anymore. You know, um, I remember you know going to my my uh, friend slash daycare, my friend's house slash daycare when I was younger because uh, the, so the, the people your parents paid, paid to hang out with. You. Yeah, exactly. The people your parents paid to be your friend. Right, essentially, yes. 
But um, they had picked up Spyro the Dragon, and I'd mm-hmm. never even heard of that game. And I was watching them play through the very beginning opening area and the first level, and I was like, I gotta fucking have this game. Right. And I told my great. parents about it. And that that was a big aspect of getting people on board. It's like when you put out a CD and your first song has to be a good encapsulation of what the whole album is going to be. It has you to need be that one of single. your strongest songs at the very beginning. Yeah. And that's kind of the same thing for what it was back in the day when you had mm-hmm. a game with levels, is that's how it had to be. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That makes sense. It's it's that's your 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 floors and your sales pitch. Your Spyro the Dragon story unlocked memories in me because now Shay, you've unfortunately unlocked my memory of my dad buying me Spyro the Dragon, me going to school and then finding out he called out of work and beat it while I was at school. <laughs> good man. Uh, that would be me. That would be, was me be as the a only chance he had to play it. Yeah, that would be me as a parent. That's exactly <laughs> what I would do. I would do the same thing too. So it hilarious. makes sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's a really good point, Josh. I I love that. I love that you brought that up because yeah, that's that was an aspect that was really important back in the day. That's word of mouth was so so much bigger, like an in person word of mouth than uh, online because online wasn't really in its uh it was in its infancy during that time. So you didn't really have that many people talking about a game online and you, mm-hmm. you had even less people looking and agreeing or disagreeing or talking about it online because there were there uh pcs were kind of a premium at that point so they weren't they were much more of a luxury so oh yeah, yeah. no dos was still the operating system of the day and no one was using the internet with dos unless you were doing academic work because it was just yeah. A nightmare trying to uh, use the internet in a text only. Capacity. I was gonna say in that era, there's only uh, there's there's a handful of situations in which you have a home computer, and it's your dad is a college professor, an accountant, or a fucking nerd with uh, money to burn. Right. Yeah. Like we had a Mac, so I had a graphical operating system, like a decade before anybody else, but you still couldn't do much on the computer. It was like, you know, much easier to use than a lot of the others, but still. I only like, eventually got an Apple II when um I found out and shout out to cool teachers that can do stuff like this. Um when my school was replacing all their existing computers, which are Apple IIs at the time. Mm-hmm. And I had a teacher who's like, uh, we're not allowed to give you anything, but here's what time and where they'll be throwing them away. Mm-hmm. That's cool. What a, that is cool. Oh, yeah. There's I always, something I, I always... miss about having to know the arcane, like the, the arcane knowledge of how to operate, navigate through a file directory, and open a game on a text-based operating system, because you go it from just... It was a just, game in itself. Yeah. Like, it's, it's so much fun going from the most boring fucking thing in the world, a, a black box to a slightly that just has text thing. on it. To being able to then command it to run a fucking game. Will it like a sorcerer? Mm-hmm. I don't miss that at all. I don't you know. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting take on that. What a time. But, um Yeah, I think I mean, yeah, advertisement in the nineties for the Genesis was much cooler, I think. I, I really enjoyed it. 
and maybe it spoke to my me being as a young boy, but I just thought that it had a lot more personality. It had to. That was that was how oh, they yeah, were getting yeah. people. But and yeah, you're... it was very influential for the industry because after that we got all of the PS1 and N64 ads, which were very much in the same vein. And then following through on that, we basically had to have a console war for everything for the next decade after that. Um, mm. I, I do really like super good. Anyone who is interested in like this story, that book is a phenomenal read. And I think there is a like documentary series about the book now that I have not watched yet, but I would like to um, really, really interesting stuff. Like, I, I you don't hear business stories like that one where again where the guy at the top is like so weirdly invested in it and like to sell him you know they brought him to Japan and showed him the game year before it came out and he was like this is the fucking future and like I think you get a different kind of magic in marketing weirdly enough you want to call it like marketing magic when the person who is in charge just like so clearly believes in the product mm. yeah right right Oops. um. Yeah, so let's let's talk about another aspect. Um in terms of not necessarily the quality of the video, but just maybe just all encapsulating video in terms of art direction and sure. quality and all of the above. Which would you give uh, which console would you give the the upper hand to when it comes to that? Anyone mm. can jump in. I I think it's Super Nintendo for me. And a, a lot of that has to do with, like, um, I think the overall design of games on Super Nintendo, and I'm mostly talking about first-party Nintendo stuff here, um, just kind of pops and is a little bit more whimsical and colorful. Like, there's a lot more yeah. deep, saturated stuff on the Genesis, and I don't necessarily think that's bad, but I think, like, visually to me, like, Super Mario World holds up better than Sonic. Like, I don't think either one looks bad, but, like, to me, I look at Super Mario World and it just looks like more fun. Um, yeah, like we got a lot more of like the, you know, big sprite type stuff going on on the Super Nintendo, or sorry, on the Genesis. Um, that was neat. Like, here, look how much detail we can have. Um, and yeah, like you're saying, a lot of that doesn't hold up quite as well. Um, because you notice the, the, the flaws in it now, especially yeah. on a modern TV. Yeah, because it was trying to be way less stylized. It was, um, and, and the games that were, tr were not, the ones that really were, like, okay, we, we want to make this look how we want it to look. Like, Sonic still looks great. Great, great. Because they were doing a much more... Cartoony design. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, cartoony design really focused on their pixel art. Um, just outstanding. Their animations were great in that as well. Um, but yeah, there, there was very much a, a sort of action movie aesthetic to a lot of the rest of the stuff on the, Super, or on the, on the Genesis that would, would missed as often as it hit. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I mean, if you look at it from a technological standpoint, the one upper hand that the Genesis had, because it was it, it is an older system than the Genesis or than the Super Nintendo. The Genesis had um, 
the ability like in the in the most la- lame the lamest of terms it could go faster it could process things mm-hmm. a little bit faster because of the last processing process. yes which is so a nonsense that, term <laughs> as 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 a result of that uh we saw games like sonic the hedgehog or vector man which were predicated on going faster and maximizing the potential of the cpu that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that graphically it looked better or that the games looked better. Um, I definitely, as much as it pains me to say it, because I think there are some astounding games with incredible art direction on the Genesis, I do have to oh, give yeah. it to the Super yeah. Nintendo in retrospect. Um, I mean, from an objective standpoint, if you know, next week we had this discussion, I would be like, fuck you, I never said that genesis all the way just because i'll be fanboying but yeah objectively i mean you look at something like donkey kong country which still looks phenomenal um in world level like the the out out the world oh, yeah. map not so much but the inside the levels looks amazing i like yeah. to argue that donkey kong country actually looks like shit but on purpose <laughs> yeah and that was another situation where it came out you know Right before the generation died, and uh, I mean the the third one came out after the you know the N sixty four, yeah. And but so I mean you, that was a totally different thing. Like that scan in process. Was, yeah, uh, yeah, they were exactly like again. They were that was not pixel art. They were they were trying their hardest to make it. They were look, scanning in three D models. Yeah, exactly. And and so the focus was really not on this really, you know, stylized pixel art sort of aesthetic but it still worked well because they were using simple enough 3d models um there were some other games i mean even the consoles after it that were actually doing 3d stuff ended up with some of these just the ugliest 3d models in some of those early games because (sighs) more detail is worse when you're working with uh, like limited polygons yeah yeah some of them some of them were just not really using the system to its strengths um mm. and frankly donkey kong is not using the system to its strengths either but they got around that by you know faking it and and turning a completely different thing into what that system did well man if they had that blast processing they could have they could have gotten <laughs> it but uh but yeah but yeah, any anyway um i think this is mostly just a matter of what games happen to come out on both of them more so than anything that is baked into how it handled the graphics mm. because there are absolutely examples of hideous games on the on the Super Nintendo. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like it's, hideous it's, games it's not just both. Yeah, exactly. It's not just, "Oh, this console's pretty." It's yeah, a lot no, of the I, first party stuff was really really handled well. Yeah, I think for the sake of the question, I think we all lean that way. Like, my first thought was, like, we're comparing first-party stuff because that's where, like, the people who know the hardware the best are making, like, the AAA space stuff. Yeah. Yes. But, like, even even in that case, though, it's it's pretty close considering, again, like, how good Sonic looks because they knew how to make it look good on that system. Oh, yeah, th- those games look great. I- I, again, I think my answer for me ends up coming down to, like, the Nintendo first party stuff had a tendency to use brighter and poppier colors. And I personally just like that more. Yeah. Yeah. I I will say this. 
from a technological standpoint, I think the SNES has the upper hand. But if I were to, if someone were to ask me which one I like better, I think I would go for the Genesis any day of the week. Sure. So nobody can argue with me on that. With with blast processing. Yeah. It's so fast. (laughs) So fast. Uh, The last thing we're going to talk about, I think, with this topic. Oh, actually, no, two more. I have two more. I'm sorry. I thought it's one other one. My contract the actual is one look more, of I the quit. console itself, I think, is something we absolutely should discuss mm-hmm. because there were different models of the <clears throat> Genesis. Um, you know, had different variations, not unlike like the 360 or the Xbox One or the PS4, who has had their own fair share of models. And I think the same is true of the Genesis or uh, the Super Nintendo as well. I keep wanting to call the Super Nintendo the Genesis for some reason. I apologize. Um, what what are your guys' take on that? Which console as a whole looked better, do you think? Oh, they're both hideous. Yeah, the Super Famicom looks so much better than the Super Nintendo. I mean, and that that's, I, that's a part of it. That's a part of it as well. I don't even think it looks that much better. I think it's neat in that sort of retro, hey, look, we've got a spot for you to stick the controllers in it, sort of like somehow this thing should have come out in the 70s aesthetic. But sure, I... I don't know. I, I think I just like a lot of like the button layout coloring on the Super Famicom better. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the... Oh, yeah. When they were designing this, this NES, they were like, all right, do it again, but uglier. Yeah, hmm. yeah, no. Like, I think the, the four... The controller specifically, the four colors on the Famicom controller just looks better than the gray and purple on the SNES. Sure. Um, but I think the the actual console itself, I think the SNES is just a better design, but it, it's still not that great looking. Um, no, I do think the Genesis looks worse, and I can't tell you why. I don't know why. I just think it I mean, looks it, worse. It It's just that pure black that all AV hardware had at the time, like your VCR, your... Your receiver, everything, everything is this exact same black plastic, which look. is kind of what people wanted. But like as a result, and I don't even think it was using cheaper materials than like this NES. And I think it's because of that like VCR ass aesthetic. Like I look mm-hmm. at it and I think it looks like a cheap piece of shit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. no, like I, yeah, I was not a big fan of the, yeah, sort of media center aesthetic that you know we had in the nineties. Yeah, give me like a PS5 that goes perfectly with my media center aesthetic. Oh my god, that horrible thing. Stick that mm. thing as far under my desk as I can so I don't have to look at it. I'm looking at it right now. And it's <laughs> fucking gorgeous. Hot. No, I think it was, it was not only the color of the Sega Genesis, but also the, uh, I don't know the technical word, the coating is like this. It's like mm, the glossy finish. Yeah, yeah it's glossy finish and it, that made it look cheap and also um yeah it, it the consoles weren't made well they were made for the time that they came from and yeah. you can't and i agree with josh actually you can't say the super nintendo is that much better because if the, anybody smoked in the house it immediately got discolored yeah yeah that that really porous textured plastic looks yes. great for five minutes until it doesn't yeah yep but the super famicom i looked really good and i still think it looks pretty good it comparatively i I think it is the better looking of like you look at it and you're like i wish that were my super nintendo yeah no i still think it's hideous compared to the nes which is just one of the prettiest consoles we've ever created still 
I mean, you guys know what the prettiest console in the world is, right? It's the Atari with that um, the GameCube with the wood strip. Yes, the <laughs> wood strip. No, it's um, it's the the Japan only Sega Saturn. Uh, that's the clear plastic that oh, says yeah. in resin on the inside and the top for some reason. And the Japanese only one <laughs> says the words in English. This is cool. <laughs> that's, that's a fair funny. answer. Yeah, I actually no, also I, I liked the. Uh... I love the su- su- uh, the Nintendo sixty four with the the colorful see through. Oh yeah, yeah. And, once and once, the once Game the... Boy Advances that did that too. I miss that yeah. era. Yeah, that, that, that 90, late nineties when the N sixty four was in eight colors. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That late nineties switch from all black everything to candy colored everything with with you know see through plastics was something that absolutely needed to happen, and we need to bring it back. I can do an entire. Uh, an entire podcast where the topic is what's the best N64 color? Oh no, I could absolutely. Frankly, is it jungle green? Is it Arctic blue? Let's I, talk I am about still it. mad is at it Nintendo Pikachu for teasing us with the Switch Pro controller and its translucent plastic plastic on yeah. there because we we need a whole translucent Switch now. Uh, there are people who will make that for you. Mm-hmm. There are people who will make those shells but, but for Nintendo you. Nintendo should be making this for us. No, you're cor- you're. 100% correct. I thought multiple times about sending my Switch out to a guy who would turn it into that like uh that N64 purple. Oh yeah. Uh, I liked the uh the the teal one. The teal. I the te- yeah, the teal is good. I think that was called like Arctic Blue or something. Yeah. Um the yeah, one I remember specifically own. is Jungle Green. It was called Jungle Green and it came with uh Donkey Kong 64 in a bundle. All right. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, I, so I think we have to give it to the Super Nintendo, unfortunately, just because of the Super Famicom. Sure. Mm-hmm. We give it to the Spice Orange GameCube. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Um, and the, the last one we have to talk about is obviously the most difficult one to talk about, the games. Um, that's pretty easy. That's, yeah, that's the, that's the only gimme. Well, I mean, no, because, well, I, <laughs> I guess you're right, because the Super Nintendo didn't have Shining Force. So clearly that goes to the Genesis. You know, speaking of which, no, 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 never mind. It's not Shining. It's not Shining <laughs> Force that I said was cancer. It's something else. I'll, I'll bring it up game? later. Saga Frontier. Saga Frontier. That's, That's not the worst game I've played anymore. What is? Resident Evil 1. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> we'll have God to talk damn. about that later. Yeah. We'll have to talk about that later, yeah. Um, I forgot to mention that, that you wanted to talk about that, but um, yeah, uh, I mean, in all seriousness... <laughs> You have some of the more classics on the Super Nintendo. You have uh, the Mar- Super Mario World. You have Mario Kart. You have the Final Fantasies on there. You have mm-hmm. uh, a Link to the Past. Link to the Past. A Link to the Past. Yeah, I always yes. mix up that one That's and Link's the Awakening. One. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you have some of those classics. You have Dragon Quest on there. You have Donkey Kong on there. I mean, you have a lot of those classics, and so yeah, it's it's yeah. hard it's it's hard to argue that you know. The Sega Genesis has anything comparable. I mean, some Almost of pointless. its classics are Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, and Sonic the Hedgehog 2. And Sonic They had better 3. brawlers. No, Sonic 3 is a bad game. And Sonic and Knuckles. If Sonic and Knuckles and Sonic and 3 were the same game, they'd be a good game. That is true. I mean, that was Individually, really cool that they're you not combine the cartridges, though, I think. Well, they were supposed to be the same game, though. That's the problem. They're supposed to be Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Well, you know, things mm. happen. But also, excuse me, you had Mortal Kombat. 
which um, originally came out for the Genesis first. Um, you had Streets of Rage. So th- there, there are a lot of classic games on the Genesis as well, and I think it's easy to overlook because, excuse me, that, that Nintendo, you know, had its foothold already that long into the market that it could establish a lot of these IPs much earlier. A lot of the ones that we listed have, had been established for quite some time before mm-hmm. Sega came onto the market and tried to compete with um, yeah. Nintendo. And again, like I think the ones that worked better were the ones that took advantage of the console more. Like I, I, I'm pretty sure it could have more sprites on screen at the same time, which is why the brawlers just are significantly better. That, yeah, significantly better on that console on the Genesis. Um, like trying to play brawlers on the SNES is just frustrating. Like, just don't do it. Don't do that to yourself, man. Play the Genesis version talk of shit any brawler about, you're trying to play. Please don't, please don't talk shit about Turtles in Time. Hey. It's a great fucking game. It okay. is a great game. It is a great game. I'm there with no, you, Rich. Another point for the SNES. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do think that there was more... Honestly, I think there's more creativity in the in the Genesis uh, game lineup because in we terms named all of, four of the games. <laughs> hold on, just a second. Hold on, just a second. I'm saying because um, in, in terms of the ones that we think of when we think of the console, because I, I think obviously there was a lot of creativity with the Sega Genesis game. Or, I think there's a lot of creativity with the Super Nintendo games. There, there was a because there are considerably a lot more games that came with the Super Nintendo. Uh, but when you think about the the most well known games from each console, I think there was a greater variety when you looked at the Sega Genesis. I mean, think about Echo the Dolphin, for example. No, uh, sorry, I keep almost wanting to say the Genesis. The Super Nintendo wasn't doing anything like that. A Shinobi was another really great game that um, Super Nintendo wasn't touching. You ever heard of Ninja Gaiden? Nope. And um, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm just being... Small um, little game you might have heard of. Isn't Echo a Metroidvania? Granted, they got rid of, uh, you know, having legs. Yeah, I don't see Samus jumping out of water. Uh, What about Gunstar Heroes? What about it? Very creative game for its time. What about Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, which is... Oh, you mean Puyo Puyo? Yeah, Puyo Puyo, yeah. (laughs) Yep. 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 What Um, about... uh, I'm sorry. What about eSWAT? The fact that you're already digging at eSWAT should tell you you're wrong. (laughs) I don't even know what eSWAT is. I just named that one. I... Um, uh, let's... like no i'm not trying to like be like oh superiority here but like fucking man super nintendo like just super mario world link to the past donkey kong country final fantasy 6 uh super mario kart uh kirby's adventure like fucking star tropics they're no like look those are all amazing games but they all pale in comparison to shining force and to vector man uh honestly i'm gonna make this has its standouts i'm gonna make a bold claim here wrong Um, claim it's super bold i think fantasy star one through four 
is a better series than Final Fantasy on the Super Nintendo. I think you're a fucking coward. And that's, listen, because that's solely because I never played any of those games. Therefore, (laughs) I decree. Can I tell you something, Shay? Yes. I think that's the stupidest thing you've ever said. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's the stupidest thing I've ever said, too. (laughs) At least the most ignorant thing I've ever said. Yeah, yeah. No, um, honestly, I think that in terms of classics, the Genesis or the Super Nintendo has the upper hand. But when I think about games I want to play from that era, it's oh, and this is completely biased. It's Genesis all the way from me. Like if I want to play a game, I want to go to fucking Streets of Rage and play. I I I love that game. I will visit it once every few years shining force one and two i visit those games all the time i talk about it all the time i'm sorry that i talk about it all the time can't stop it those are back Uh, in the dark days of tactics games i i think that is a a more personal thing though shay because i lean the total opposite way and you and i I, you and i've talked about this before like i probably play super mario world once a year i go back to super mario rpg every few years Mm. um donkey kong country i go back to all the time like oh yeah those games in in some form or another are games i revisit on like rainy days when i'm sick or just feeling down or something oh yeah they're donkey kong country one through three are platformers that still are just absolutely top tier, even considering everything we've done with platformers since then. Oh, Diddy Kong Quest is one of those games that I really want to own complete in box. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wish that Super Mario... Are, and we've talked about this, obviously. Paper Mario is coming to the, the Switch online. Yes. Can't wait. Yeah, yeah I love but, that game. But I wish Super Mario RPG was on that as well. The only... Yeah, so, as do I. The only real way to play that currently is long after the switch's launch it was made available on the wii u eShop. well and as we just learned that's going to be shut down next year yeah so i already own it there and i own it on another totally legal handheld please stop asking questions Mm -hmm. speaking Mm. of which i have an email attachment for you shay well well, well. okay make sure that email attachment gets to you at some point after after the the show did did you get that thing i sent you Please do. No, I actually I have a copy of Super Mario RPG that I bought like ten years ago. Mm. Um, I don't know if I told you guys this. It seems appropriate now that we're uh, talking about. Uh, no, I'm saying well, it is. <laughs> now that we're talking, I'm saying it is. I wasn't asking. Um, well, and I'm telling you, it's not. And I'm continuing anyway. Um, <laughs> and I'm talk- muting you. Go for it. Uh, now that we're talking about old games. Um, just the other day, I bought Final Fantasy VI and Final Fantasy V for Super Famicom Complete in box, because those are things you can buy for like $15 still. And that's going to probably change in the coming years as the old game market goes up and up. Yep. I, dude, if you... like, I, I tell you guys this at least once every six months. If there are games that you want, me to get the Japanese version of here, just send me a list and I will go check. Yeah, I really should do that. I always just feel bad like I'm sending you on some weird errand. Dude, I want to go to that fucking store. You're not Uh, burdening me. I want to go hang out there. Give me a reason to go hang out there. Fair enough. Yeah, like, you don't have to worry about that. You're not burdening me. Just let me know. Um, Plus, like, my dad has me go there and look for... um, records because there are japanese versions of records that you can't obviously get in the states so i go to the Mm -hmm. record shop which is like two blocks away from the video game store so 
Sure. Yeah, I mean, if I can kill two birds with one stone. You guys uh, read about that Nebraska warehouse where they found all those unopened SNES games? Yep. No. Uh, a co- game company that shut down in the 90s, uh, they found a warehouse that was owned by this company that was full of factory-sealed copies of games like Chrono Trigger and Turtles in Time. Um, and there's probably millions of dollars worth of Super Nintendo games in this warehouse. What are they going to do yeah. with it? Uh, I believe they're going to auction some of it. Damn. That's going to... Hopefully that goes to charity. Uh, I mean, like, uh, the the cool thing, and this is less about even the money situation, like, if this gets into the right people's hands, there could be some really good stuff for preservation's sake in there, uh, because game preservation is a chore. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. That's cool, though. Wow, damn. How do you just fucking forget that, though? Um, uh, I, guessing there's parts in Nebraska where companies just own a lot of warehouse space, which makes sense, because what's in Nebraska besides space? depression? Yeah, corn? space to store Super Nintendo games and corn. And football. Yeah. Well, eh, that, that all they can really do... Yeah, like... It moves through the, the space. The, sometimes the, after the corn's harvested, they're like, all we really have space to do here now is play football. Uh-huh. Until mm. there's more corn. Yeah. Yeah, I, I gotta be honest, I couldn't give a fuck less about football. Like, I don't even know who is in the Super Bowl uh, I thought you were gonna say Nebraska, won. and I was gonna be like, yeah, fuck you, Nebraska! I, I have no feelings about Nebraska either way. I won $250 in the Super Bowl, so good Super Bowl year as far as I'm concerned. Well, I'm glad people played football and you benefited from it. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, let's read some listener comments at this point. Um, every Thursday on the Sword Chomp Instagram, if you want to be a part of the conversation of the topic we're going to be discussing, please head over there, leave a comment, and we will read your comments on the show. We love Yay. doing that. Uh, Nerd or Keeg said 90, I think. Uh, let's try and parse this out. We're going to try and parse this out together. 90 had a D-pad that didn't leave your thumb a bruised mess. They won. 90. I would assume that's ni- 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 uh, Nintendo, abbreviated assume, to Ninty. But also, was bruising your thumb a thing that happened on the Genesis? I think you were just playing wrong. Well, though, like, the, the edges were actually a little bit... Uh, they were a little bit higher, and also the, the edges weren't as rounded. So actually, if you were playing it on that, like, where your first knuckle is on your thumb, that little mm-hmm. crease on your thumb, it would hurt a little bit over, over an extended period of time. So I don't know if bruise is necessarily the right answer, but would it leave your thumb in that crease feeling sore like, yeah if you're if you're starting to get bruised it's time for a break man mm. or it's time to switch hands <laughs> <laughs> thanks rich but um yeah i mean that's fair i mean we talked about the controllers a little bit nintendo's controller we concluded was a little bit better so yeah, yeah that's fair uh stage select start stated I was all in on Nintendo, so that's where my bias leans. Only played a few Genesis titles over the years. And you know what? I understand that. I think it's a damn shame because there are so many hidden gems on the Genesis that a lot of people don't know about because they're not the classics. There really are a lot of hidden gems on that console. And it's worth, like, if depending on however you procure these through legal means or through other means such as emulators or whatnot, 
going back and playing some of those games that um were well received or recommendations from people who grew up with Gen- Genesis consoles such as me um you will find some hidden gems in there for sure and i, I, like-, I like if anybody's ever wondering you know what are some Genesis titles i should check out feel free to send me a message on instagram or um through our email at swordchomp at gmail.com i will always send out recommendations for genesis games to check out because i have i have an unreasonable amount of knowledge for the sega genesis actually and i don't i don't usually try and flex that just because i know it's not very popular knowledge but i have a lot of knowledge when it comes to the genesis Shay's gonna have to be on a few chomping at the bits where we talk about sega games dude i uh, i guess uh i recommend the little mermaid for the sega genesis is a pretty good echo the dolphin clone mm. um and uh i, pre- I prefer is a weird outlier for me i prefer the sega genesis version of the mighty Morphin power rangers game to the snes one do you know that was the 10th or 10th or 15th best-selling sega genesis game of all time it is better than the super nintendo one it's a it is a rare thing that that happens absolutely um but yeah Kilted Gamer said, sigh, I can't choose. Like, seriously, Genesis has Shining Force 1 and 2. Kilted Gamer, I love you. Uh, Landstalker, Vector Man, Fantasy Star, Beyond Oasis, Gunstar Heroes, my man. Knows his games well. SNES had Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VI, Secret of Evermore, Super Mario RPG, Illusion of Gaia, Earthbound, and so on. Yeah. Um, definitely the SNES was the better, I think, uh, RPG console by a land mile and a sea uh, mile oh, and an yeah. air mile. But uh-huh. Genesis All had a lot more early. action games um, that I was really interested in as well. Yeah. Not platformers, but action games. Sure. Uh, I think that's fair. Hmm. Big Papa Stevens said, even though I was born in 97, my first ever console was a hand-me-down Genesis that I still have. Sonic 1, 2, and 3 are, icon- are too iconic. And I, you know what? I think that's a great hand-me-down console because it was a cheaper of the two, uh, especially to collect for. I mean, you can still pick up a lot of the games on the Genesis for relatively cheap, even now. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think that that is a great hand-me-down console, and I think that the Sonic games are a lot of people's first entry into the Genesis. I don't think there was a Sonic Three. I never heard that's. I bet it. I <laughs> bet it'd be pretty bad. Mentioning that, I think that's yeah. one of those. Uh... I think they're mixing it up with Sonic CD. Yeah. Mm, quite possibly. Yeah. We'll have to um, conduct further research. It's crazy. They made Sonic One, Two, Sonic CD. Then they waited like over twenty years, and they made that one on the Switch. It's crazy. Although they had Sonic Generations, which I think a lot of people. I've never heard of that. It. That is a really good game, and I will not hear any slander of it, because it is a phenomenal They should game. try making a 3D Sonic game. I bet that would be good. You know, I think that would work well. Somebody, yeah. sh- somebody should give that a go. Someone should do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways. Enough of the Sonic slander. I've, I've had enough of it. Uh, Parzival, the otaku, our good buddy, said, I owned both. But I played the Nintendo more, so Nintendo. There we go. That's fair. Uh, Gagori ninety eight or Goji ninety eight said, uh, "SNES is my favorite console of all time. There's no competition for me." 
Finally, someone speaking sense. Mm-hmm. Peyton Jones 02 said, Mortal Kombat on the Sega Genesis is the best video game ever. The kid from Billy Madison. Also, that kid said Donkey Kong sucks. <laughs> and I was like, shit, I don't remember that line from Billy Madison, to be honest with you. I, I can't remember the last time I watched Billy Madison, so I believe that that line is in there. Yeah, I do too. Mortal Kombat, man, that was, that, that was a good first entry that into is, a fighting game you series. You mean the arcade game? Yeah, I was going to say, that is, a, that is the best console port of it, but the best console port of uh, Mortal Kombat still sucks because it's a console port of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. You know, you know what was the most um, depressing thing is back in the 360 era, era they um, had ported all three of those games onto the 360 so it was a port of a port and it was fucking trash it is held together with duct tape yeah it is you guys remember that one yeah i do i do it was fucking trash god that was a that was back in an era where we were still learning like uh what current quality you're expecting from these digital only releases and it's like we're gonna have to do work yeah exactly a terrible experiment uh the last comment was uh, left by our good friend, Tawny S., who said, On the one hand, Donkey Kong Country 2. On the other, Streets of Rage 2. Conclusion? There is no clear winner. Both are equally awesome, and I'll cut anyone that makes me choose between my babies. And that (sighs) is the true enlightened answer. Mm. And that's why I saved it for last. I yeah, just, I just Oh, go ahead. No, I was saying Donkey Kong Country 2 is a better game. I just wanted to make it easy for everyone. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I will say this. I think that both consoles are incredible, and I used to get really fucking agitated when people would be like, oh, Sega Genesis sucks. Oh, fuck Sega. You know, like, it's like, bro, you're, 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 you're hurting my childhood here. And then I realized, you know The corporation's what? not going to sleep with you. Yeah, exactly. One, the corporation doesn't give a fuck about your loyalty. And two, both consoles are amazing for very different reasons, and I'm just, I'm happy that if I get to play any games, you know, it, whether, regardless of the console it's from. But it's always fun to kind of have these, these tongue-in-cheek yeah. fights. Yeah, I think, I think it's less about, like, oh, here's the clear-cut winner, more about, they both had different strengths and weaknesses. I think the, yeah. the uh, Super Nintendo's library is a lot stronger. Like, I think there's a lot more, like, fucking straight bangers. Certified hood classics, if you will. Uh, <laughs> Bringing that Call joke back. before the show back. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, like, Genesis has, like, those standouts that are obviously, like, unforgettable. Like, you know, your Sonic 2s, your Streets of Rage. Mm. Um, there's, there's just stuff that's kind of unparalleled. And... Um, but Super Nintendo is just filled with those games that are absolute fucking classics to me that are like games that are the reason I love video games. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Josh, do you have any final thoughts on that before we move on? No, no, I think we hit basically everything. Okay. At least twice. At least twice. I mean, we got it. Now let's talk about the virtual boy. (laughs) We got to do, we got to do sloppy (laughs) seconds around here, Josh. That is the perfect use of that. And on that note, let's head to break, boys. We will be right back for some video game talk after these brief messages. 
Good people of the earth, if you're here listening to the Chompcast, I want to say a big thank you. Now, I don't know if you know this, but the Chompcast isn't the only podcast that we do. That's right! We have Evoking the Sublime, where Shay interviews game developers about the creation of their games. We also have Chomping After Dark, the podcast where we deep dive into the story of video games, as well as the occasional TV show and movie. And lastly, our newest podcast, Chomping at the Bits, went live just a few months ago, where myself and some friends break down the historical relevance of popular video games over the years. We have tons of content, and we'd love for you to check it out and let us know what you think. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts, or over at the Sword Chomp website. Now if you ladies are done gabbing, I have some shit to do. Alright, we're back with the show. Thank you so much for uh, staying around for the one minute and listening to our awesome ads that we do. We're going to talk about some games now. Um, I'm very, very briefly going to talk about Pokemon Legends Arceus because that's pretty much all I played this week. I was trying to finish stuff up. I had wrapped up the credits last week, but there is some end game content that you can do. You still have to catch all uh, 240 Pokemon, and then you have to um, also catch catch some legendaries and build up their research um, level up with some of those. And when you do all that, then you um, get to do the final, final mission, main story mission, which is, um, to nobody's surprise, because it's the namesake of the game, encounter and deal with Arceus. And um, that's not a spoiler, because that is the fucking title of the game. So... Don't at me for that one. And here's what I will say, so, so as to not spoil, but also be able to talk about it. Um, leading up to that point was a, a bit of a pain in the ass. Uh, there are three legendaries you have to catch in the game, and they are by far the hardest thing to catch in the game. And um, it it's, takes a considerable amount of time, because not only did they up the difficulty factor in catching them, for reasons that I guess would be spoiler territory, so I won't say. But also you have to contend with the fact that they only appear in certain weather conditions. Which was a really big pain in the ass trying to get the right weather conditions to populate for one of them so I could go catch it. When I finally got a hold of those three and caught every Pokemon in the area, um, which some of those Pokemon also have very specific conditions in order for them to populate, I finally got to go face to face with Arceus, and that was by far the most difficult part of the game, and it was also my favorite. And that's why I wanted to talk about it because we didn't really talk about in greater detail some of those boss fights that you deal with, like when you are um, liberating the four Pokemon throughout the story. Um, something's happened to them, and you have to essentially help them. And then there's some other boss fights in that vein in the game, and they are stellar. They are a ton of fun, and it's something that we didn't really talk about. And it all culminates into the final boss fight, which was incredibly difficult. It was visually stunning. It is the best part of the game, visually speaking. 
um, it actually looked like uh, they put a ton of resources into that final fight, which is a shame because I wish the rest of the game looked like that. But uh, the the difficulty was challenging enough, but not too challenging. And I was really happy with the the very end of everything. There isn't like a second cuts uh, credit scene or anything like that. It's you do the final mission and then that's it. And you can go back in the game and do anything else you want to do, so on and so forth. But the game's pretty much done at that point. Cool. Unless you have other things you have to do. Um, I definitely did a fair amount of shiny hunting. And uh, at this point, I'm done with the game. I, I, I don't think I'm going to return to it anytime soon. Just because, uh, as we were talking about on break, there's an onslaught of games that we were getting hit with. So I wanted to wrap this game up entirely before I move on. I, like, that is one of the things I wanted to do. Um, do everything I wanted to do. I've completed all of the side missions. I've I've not maxed out the Pokedex in terms of like research factor. I've not gotten all the shinies and the final full party that I want. But the shinies that I did, and I just wanted to tell you guys this because I wanted to humble brag a little bit, is uh, I got shiny Eevee, Zubat, Stunky, Duskull, Cricketune, Geodude, Luxray, and Gabite, which I will turn into Garchomp at in the future at some point. Nice. I'm happy with that. Yeah. My daughter came to me this afternoon to show me the uh shiny Alpha Ghastly that she just got. Nice. That That's a good I'm get. Mm-hmm. That's a good get. Good for her. Yeah. I I haven't seen a single shiny alpha. I'm really bummed about that. My my one is that uh shiny alpha gallade I got. Yeah, that is a sick that is a sick grab, dude. Was it just out in the world? Just chilling? Um, do you remember, you know, in the snowy area, there's that temple corridor um, where Gallade always spawns? Yes. Is that boy. Ah, cool. Good grab. Yeah, I'd love, I'd love to get a shiny alpha, but at this point, it's like diminishing returns, just wandering around trying to find something like that, so. Sure. You want to talk about weird low odds because we we talked about this previously i think like you know you're basically rolling for the chance of like oh it's gonna be shiny and you know you get so many more rolls based on information you have on pokemon that shiny alpha gallade was the first gallade i had ever seen in this game <laughs> <laughs> wow that is yeah that is incredible look at you look at you uh, but i mean that pretty much wraps up like what I wanted to say about the game overall, I really enjoyed the game a lot. I put a I think my final time was about 110 hours into the game. Um, did you really see that happy room with the game? Hackers found Shay. No, nah. I wanted to ask you about that. They, nah. uh, p- people who've been hacking obviously the PC ROM that people have gotten, mm. um, they found uh, a room that there's no way to access in the main game that is a full, like, modern day set room, like you would see in a normal Pokemon game, like your bedroom from it. With the mm. Nintendo Switch by the TV and everything. Oh, that's kind of cool. Huh. Maybe that's like the dev room or something. It's like people wondering if like it looks. It doesn't necessarily look like a dev room because there's no real like. I wonder if there was originally the, a cutscene prior to the starting cutscene that takes place there, or yeah. maybe there's some kind of deal. Maybe there's some kind of back end DLC thing. Who knows? My best guess is like you're saying, Josh, cut content where there's a quick playable section. Yeah, because the, the way the way the game starts, it seems like they could have given you some sort of could have done additional that, context yeah. but yeah it, yeah, it makes more sense to have it start the right world. where it starts yeah 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 
Yeah. Probably the That's right cool. call, but yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they happened. probably need if that is what it is. I don't think they needed it, but that's cool. Yeah, but I just I wanted to wrap up the game because I know we have a lot that we're going to be talking about here soon. And one of the things that I I did last year was I decided I wasn't going to buy a new game or play a new game until I finished the game that I'm currently working on. That was kind of my mission last year. And I, I think I'm going to take that with me going forward from now on that I'm not going to buy uh, new games unless I finish the old game that I have, or if it's, like, adding to the collection. Like, I've been checking to see if the Final Fantasy X and X-2 remaster has gone on sale, because I want to get that on the Switch. I've already played that game and beaten that game, but I want to get it on the Switch so I can um, play it at a future date. Good good spot for it. Right, exactly. You know, So you can I, play it in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 exactly. Light some but, candles, uh, put some rose petals on the water. That's right. Play put, some put, ball, like put that, put that audio file in the background. Uh, ha, 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 ha. Uh, but yeah, and I mean, just at the moment of climax, self climax. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really happy. I think that for me, it ranks in my top three of Pokemon games of all time. I don't know exact the exact placement there, but I definitely think it's in the top three. Um. I would say the others would be I I really I was one of the few that really liked uh, Sword and Shield. Sh- Sword and Shield is up there top three for me, and I would probably put um, Gold and Silver that that generation up there as my top three as well. I think those three are my in my top three, with uh, Pokemon Stadium being a close fourth. But yeah, hmm. overall happy with the game. Good. Um, I hope that they do another Pokemon Legends game at some point. Me I, too. Either, either that or a lot of this comes to the main line. Yeah, thing. this has been... One, one or the I, other. I feel like it's probably a sure thing at this point. It's far and away incredibly popular. Yeah, they can't ignore it at that point. But yeah, I've no. been wrong before. Unfortunately. But all right, let's move on from Pokemon. That really is the last we will be talking about Pokemon for quite some time. <laughs> I promise this time it is. Uh, let's talk about some seafood because you guys have put some more time into that game. I think, Josh, you probably, your opinions about it have changed a little bit at this point now that you've been able to get further into it. So, yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mentioned last week how. Some of the UI elements and whatnot are really unforgiving. Um, and I, I still think that's sort of the case uh, as far as like being able to tell what attacks are coming your way in a really short amount of time you're given to deal with them. Um, but I also kind of mentioned that that might just be part of the difficulty and it's, it's a matter of A, learning different attack patterns and then B, just knowing the game better. Um, I think I think a big portion of that is be just knowing the game better, um, because I put in a lot more time just trying, just just screwing around, like not really going for good clears or anything, but just taking my time trying to learn how everything worked, uh, as well as I could, um, and ended up kind of you know after after doing that screwing around in the first level kind of learning what I could um, going back and, you know, having a much easier time on the second level, which is 
a pretty big jump up in difficulty from the first to the second level. A lot of a lot of people stating like mob wise and stuff that, and I'm feeling this because I'm in the heat of the second level right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second level is possibly the hardest level in the game. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, I think part of my issue was that it it is a very big jump up, and I, I still didn't completely understand the systems. Some of the systems I I still think could could be a little bit easier to read. Um, but after knowing them, it was much more doable, and I went from having a really hard time in that second level to beating that second level and then getting to the last boss in the third level all in one go. Um, so a big portion of it was just learning enemy behavior and so well, well, not even just the enemy behavior, but just the the how exactly the game expects you to uh, use the, you know, the block and parry mechanic. Sure. And, and, and the little sidestep dodges, which are basically the same, but, you know, kind of somehow their own separate thing as I, well. It's, it's, um, I, I it's feel just a like, ton to, to grapple with right away. I feel like, and I'm not sure where you land on this, Josh, and maybe this is as I learn those systems a little bit more and get more comfortable with them, that'll change. Mm-hmm. Like, right now, I feel like any time I am facing over, say, like, three people at the same time, it is a lot. You, you get Mob management that. is hard. It is. One of the first things I unlocked that I like is there's an ability that if you land a hit, just any hit, you can then use the the dash that we were talking about some last week which is not your not your little mini dodge that'll let you counter but the big movement dash to hit someone and then switch places with them you'll do like a little grapple thing the the, yeah they're yeah um that's an unlockable ability but it really makes those encounters much more manageable to be able to sure hit somebody and then put yourself on the outside so everyone's kind of on one side of you instead of surrounding you mm-hmm. um that that move helps a lot for managing having that many enemies it still requires you to hit an enemy when you're surrounded by a bunch of people so it's not you know it's not a perfect solution but a it, solution it, yeah it's a solution um and I, i've it, yeah like I, I think being smart with which abilities you unlock will really change um, which parts of the game are still challenging, I think. Sure. And I, I, the more I play of this, like, it's one of those games, I think I want to make it almost clear to people, like, this is a sit-forward, like, at-attention game. Like, oh, yeah. Sifu requires everything of you. I find it unbelievably addicting, and I'm only in the second level. Like, I, I was telling you before the show, I'm kind of getting myself into that almost perfectionist run feel of it. Like, I, I am at a place where I... I've managed to finish the first level at 23, which is dying two times. Um, I'm confident I can get that down to uh, finishing at 20 with, with no deaths. Like that, oh, yeah. I know that level top to bottom now, and it's just a matter of properly parrying the botanist, who is the first boss. Mm-hmm. That's, from my understanding, that's a big part of the game because it is a roguelite that you do need to go through the level multiple times in order to kind of understand it in order to do it well enough and to to finish at that a good age so you start into the next level oh, strong yeah yeah because that speaking of which that third level run that i got to the last boss i think i started that thing at like 48 so even even 
if that kind of gives you a, a difference is, is how hard that second level is, that was going to the third level and I'd gotten enough better just from trying to and, relearn those systems that I was going to that third level pretty old for, for starting out and yeah. nearly beating it. Um, and, and again, that's the problem of like where I think I was getting pummeled more like my most recent run of the second level, I can get to sh- the second boss at 28 years old. And then he just fucking murders me because I am underestimating his attack patterns. And like that second boss is all about dodges because he is fighting you with a weapon. Yeah. Um, yeah like the, the quick dodges, the ones that give you almost no frames that it does anything um, are kind of how you react to but that you, boss. You, you have to basically keep you have to dodge his entire combo and then get his stagger meter up a little bit in the brief opening before he enters another attack animation. Yeah. Yeah, he is relentless. You've got to, like, dodge, 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 one, two, three, dodge, 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 one, two, three is kind of the whole thing with him. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So, have you, neither of you guys have finished the game yet at this point. Oh, fuck no. This is gonna, this might take me a while, but I'm really, like, it is, I'm glad I actually have it now, like, Mm. while I'm gonna also be playing Horizon, because I feel like it's one of those games where it's like, all right, I'm gonna do a couple of runs with Sifu, and then when I feel like I need to like get do something else, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna dive back into Horizon and that's fair. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I've, I've really been enjoying my time with it more now that I just kind of put way more effort into learning those abilities, um, and just just really understanding the combat because it is it's a lot at the beginning, and I still think it is. A lot, a lot for what the game, like the the genre the game is basically in. It's asking a lot more of you than most most other games. Um, mm. ab- absolutely, but I think it it's worth everything it asks of you because, like, once you start learning its systems, it is it, it's fucking amazing to play. Like, it I wouldn't yeah. even when you're getting your ass kicked, this game still feels great, and that's why you want to keep going again and again. Yeah, yeah. I, Yes, but I think some it it kind of it feels better once you learn what you're supposed to be doing. There's a little bit at the beginning where it'll kick your ass and you're still trying to figure out what's happening. And you're not sure why, yeah. Yeah, and that that's kind of where it was frustrating at first because I'm like, okay, am I even doing this right? And then once you start to understand those mechanics better, um, the difficulty works much better. There's also a weird beauty. Uh... When you when you know a level top to bottom in the sort of roguelite aspect of it, so you start entering rooms going, okay, this guy's gonna monologue. I'm just gonna fucking charge him. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um. Okay. So next game we're gonna talk about is Infernax, which is a game Rich has been playing, and I'm actually very curious about it. I hadn't heard about it until Rich talked about it, and I was looking at it on the Switch store, and I was like, damn, that actually coincidentally looks very much like a game that came from the snes genesis era do i have news for you shay infernax is on game pass oh thank god you said that um yeah i have been following this game for quite a while i was going to buy it at launch until i learned it was going to be on game pass um infernax is very much a uh, castlevania inspired game specifically it is simon's quest it this is fucking this game is simon's quest um, it is a gory as hell, um, Castlevania-esque, uh, RPG. Like, 
with the pure side-scrolling big art of Simon's Quest, blood for days in this fucking game. Like, enemies mash into spritey blood blobs as you hit them with your mace. Um, you're playing as a character named, uh, I believe the default name is Alcador, but you can change it. You're a crusader returning to your village after this long travel, this long war, to find that uh, the town is being plagued by, like, these big demons and zombies, and you basically start questing to go to this corrupted chapel and start putting these motherfuckers down, and there's lots of side quests and stuff where you can diverge to different parts of the map, and, you know, some guy will ask you to go clear some zombies out of a barn. Um, you upgrade armor. You shout in front of the church. It's uh, <laughs> one of my... Uh, favorite good Castlevania Easter eggs I found pretty early on is uh, I smashed open a wall and there was some wall chicken as this Castlevania classic. Exactly. But upon upon eating it, you it just goes to a rendered art cutscene of you projectile vomiting. <laughs> that and, is awesome. And your character being like, wall chicken? What was I thinking? Mm-hmm. So is this is this game largely a love letter to, to that era or is to, there, are there modern yeah. trappings that kind of make it stand out? Um... I think like the quest log stuff, like it is gussied up with the, those sort of simple modern trappings you want, uh, like quest log. It's and shit. It controls very tightly, but like, if you really like uh, Castlevania: Simon's Quest and Zelda Two, it is that kind of game. It's way less obtuse than those games because you know it has modern writing, it has quest logs. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a pure gameplay perspective, like it is that, and it's really fucking cool, and it looks great. Mm. Zelda 2 is a game that gets way too much crap. I gave it crap for a very long time, and it was the only Zelda game I had never beat for a very long time. And then I played it all the way through, and I was like, this game's fucking great. Yeah. Yeah, I really like Zelda 2, but it is such a weird thing with, like, random encounters on the overworld and side-scrolling really tough combat. It's from a time when, like... In the world of video games, we didn't quite know what sequels were yet. Yeah. So it was like, we're going to try something totally different. And they ended up going back to the well on Zelda in a way that I think makes sense. But yeah, Zelda 2 was really cool. Yeah, it is very rough around the edges, but I love it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I do think like the only game that comes close to being Zelda 2 adjacent was Simon's Quest, which again is an outlier for Castlevania. Mm-hmm. Um. And this game is very much an homage to those two games, is, is the way I would explain it to anyone trying to get an understanding of it. Mm. Cool. Cool, yeah. I'm definitely going to have to check that out since it's on Game Pass, because I've been... As Same. soon as I saw that, I was like, I need that. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty deep. I played, like, four or so hours of it at this point. Um, I'm really into it. Uh, cool. I would definitely encourage you guys to check it out, because cool. Game Pass, man, no reason not to. Okay, exactly. I'll check it out, and then we can talk about it next week, maybe, if I have time to get into it. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Josh, Horizon Zero Dawn. You've been playing that in anticipation for Horizon Forbidden West coming out, and um, this is your first time playing through it, correct? I played a ton of it early on, but like it came out right before Breath of the Wild, and that's just better. Yeah. And uh, it, yeah. Like I, I absolutely love Horizon Zero Dawn, but like that game pulled my attention away in such a way that. I, I never got back around to finishing the very end of the game and then doing the DLC. Um, mm. And then the first reviews started coming out for 
Forbidden West and everyone was saying, this picks up immediately after the DLC. You need to know what's going on because they're not going to tell you. Um, so, yeah, in the last few days, I've been trying to get myself caught up um, for Forbidden West, which, just considering it's an open-world game, is not going to happen. I, I'm going to end up having to just delay starting that at this point. I mean, it's it's already installed, so I am delaying it at this point. But uh, that game's still great. I still love Horizon Zero Dawn. The combat in that game is just so ridiculously satisfying. It's very fluid. Yeah. That... Yes, so if, if you find yourself blend. in this position wanting to play the new one but want to know what's going on, it's still worth going back and playing the first one. If it still really, really holds up. I'd say so, but if you really just want to get into it, like, it's been quite a while for me. I'm just going to, like, I'm going to start it uh, tomorrow morning, Horizon Forbidden West. I think I'm just going to end up reading a synopsis because it's been so long since I played. They, they have a, a, uh, uh, um, a recap in the, in the game actually oh okay cool. i read about that that was cool. one of the first things i read when i um was was uh looking up some basic information about the game it has a full recap so even if you didn't play the dlc it will recap that as well yeah i did but it, again it's been so long it is bad yeah six five six years at this point yeah yeah a little while a little while but yeah i'm still really minute. loving my time going through it i still think the bandit camps kind of suck like they're not like it's they're not bad like i gave them way more shit than they even deserved at the time they're passable honestly i'd say so (laughs) you were very hard on them they like they're passable like they're as good as any other like far cry or some other bandit camp bullshit but that's the whole game on those other games and would you say that's exactly it it's it's almost like the comparison i think i talked about this last week i was playing a little bit more dying light too and i go you know what's a testament to the quality of Dying Light 2? It took me eight hours of playing to figure out there were bandit camps in this. <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of yeah. superfluous at that point, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just, they're so boring. Why, like, stealthing around or even just getting into an open firefight with a bunch of random schlubs when I could be fighting robot fucking dinosaurs. <laughs> There's fu- oh my well, god exactly that's, that's the that's a big problem I think with the game is there was uh, I not enough robot problem. dinosaurs I should say it was that it was inconsistent because you had oh, yeah, these yeah. amazing set pieces and these incredible fights even with the the most um lowliest of robot creatures and then you're like okay well I got to go mm-hmm. do another fucking bandit camp yay well, there, there was like this weird <laughs> cuz I I do think those like human encounters are decent for what they are but it's like there's the bandit camp ass combat and then there's like monster hunter ass combat when it comes to yeah. fighting the rope like it feels like a totally different game with the same weapons and stuff but then you had like those weighted arrows for knocking off armor plates like yep I th- think I remember when I was like most of the toolkit doesn't game, even Come into the picture when you're fighting the bandits. Yeah, that that arena encounter is the first time I was like, "Oh, this is Monster Hunter." <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah, and like that's still a complaint. But again, I've played a bunch of other open world games since then, and like, they're not absolutely horrible compared to the field. It's just compared to the rest of the game itself that they're so bad. 
because it, uh, it, it draws yeah, attention to what a bad idea that is in the first place. Well, it, it draws attention to how weak that combat is compared to the highs. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's cool that you're going back through it. I, I still think it is a great game, even if it's five years old at this point. But, um, yeah, I mean, to, I mean, still, you're like, still plays great. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 still a gorgeous game. Still plays very well. Hopefully, you don't play so much of it that when you get into Forbidden West, you're like, eh, I just did this. I'm fucking tired of this. Hopefully, that I don't want to. I'm fight actually kind of curious elephant. of that as a, you know, control there, like because I've not played a lot of other open world stuff in a while, and I'm guessing you guys have. Well, you you play more open world stuff than I do anyway. But I I just played Breath of the Wild and Pokemon yeah. Legends Arceus. <laughs> Pretty much back mm. to back, so uh, we're all going to be closer Legends... to the same boat than I realized. But yeah. yeah, I think Pokemon Legends Arceus is a different beast. Yeah, it's a yeah, different no, it's, kind of yeah. open world game, but it very much is an open world game. Open worlds, yeah, yeah. But it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what we all think next week when we've put some time into Forbidden West. Yes, dear. Yeah. <laughs> yes, dear. All it's right, a well... living. Josh, it's time to give you your few moments to rag on Resident Evil 1. <laughs> Fuck you. Oh, uh, that's funny. I got a uh, Vita. I think over the summer. When, when, when did we both go insane and decide to buy <laughs> Vitas from Japan? Uh, that Rich? feels like it was, it was summer. That feels like it was summer. Yeah, yeah anyway, we both, we both lost our minds and like, you know what? I should buy a, I should order, order a Vita from Japan. We're not insane. It's a PlayStation 1. What fits in your pocket? Exactly, exactly. But just, you know, without the R2 buttons, which... Well, you can get that thing that plugs on the back. Yeah, no, I bought one of those. I got one that has triggers on top for the couple games that uses the touchscreen for your uh for your two buttons and also has buttons on the back for the games that use the back touchscreen for your naturally buttons uh which frankly improve the ergonomics of the system as a whole because i'm i'm gonna, I'm gonna be frank touchscreen on the back it's a dumb fucking idea um Yes, I agree 100%. I think that's the stupidest design feature of the PS Vita. Like, maybe maybe if you've got the identically shaped little hands that were originally made for that thing, your fingers will seat in the tiniest little divot that they've put in the back of that machine that's the not-touchscreen portion. But my hands... My fingers are basically interlacing around the back of that machine because it's so tiny, and I'm, I'm hitting stuff on that back touchscreen constantly. Um, anyway, anyway, sorry, random tangent about hardware. Sorry, what was your question? Anyway, (laughs) but within that, yes, it's a PS1. The, the, the console is a PS1. That's why you get it. Like there are a couple Vita games that are worth getting and like PS2 collections and stuff. And, and, um, um, like it's still worth getting gravity rush because it's Persona almost impossible Golden. to find the PS3 version of it because they had made that a nightmare to get a hold of. Um, anyway. That so Uncharted I, game Blue Point made is actually pretty good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, sorry. So I got, uh, I've been playing a bunch of old games on there. I went back through some fun stuff. Like I was talking about Castlevania, uh, Symphony of the Night recently. Um, 
was in the mood for some horror type games, so I started up Resident Evil 1. And it is unplayable. Um like I'm I'm not a big detractor for tank controls. Like I'm I'm fine with them, but the camera is set so far back from your character that it's nearly impossible to even tell which direction you're facing in that game. Um and then on top of that, that was one of the, I can't remember when they got rid of this, but to save the game, you have to use a consumable item to save your game in Resident Evil 1. So you're going through this nearly unplayable game, dying, a, it was 3 when they got rid of that? Okay. No, they got rid of it in 4. Oh, we got rid of it in 4, so it's all, alright, but, um, so you're going through all these unskippable cutscenes that are just the campiest thing ever, which, I like, but like, still, like, if you die at any point after one of those cutscenes, you know you're having to go through the whole thing again without skipping it, and it's just, you die for cheap reasons in this. It's a horror game. You should die for cheap reasons, but because of everything else surrounding the game, it's just painfully frustrating to die in this game um and like not for a difficulty standpoint but just from a getting back into the game standpoint from a getting back to where you were seeing the same cutscenes over and over standpoint it's just it's it's so rough it's so rough in a way that a lot of horror games even i mean granted not not that early but like like i can still go back and play stuff like silent hill 2 and it's still perfectly playable like everything about the mechanics still works today um I, f I feel like this is just a step too far back to where we were still figuring out how to make anything even work and because of that most of it still doesn't in resident evil one i'll hear no more of this josh um so anyway, I, I played as much as I could stomach of that and then started up. <laughs> I'll hear no more of this. So yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, I was about done. I, I, I got about as much as of that as I could stomach and decided, okay, I'll start up Parasite Eve. And that's perfectly lovely still. It still, it still plays nice. It's, it's the same pulled way back camera angles to make things moody and whatnot. But you control in relationship to the camera. So it's really easy to move your tiny little character around to where you want to actually be. Um, the writing's a lot better as well. It's not great. It's all right, but it's a lot better than that overly, overly campy Resident Evil 1 writing. Brilliant. Brilliant? I a mean, modern masterpiece. Yeah, it would it would take a genius to come up with Jill Sandwich. Yeah, yeah, a classic. You were almost a Jill Sandwich. I think that's how I, people talk. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, so that that's kind of my experience with both of those. Parasite Eve is 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 neat. I I, I kind of enjoy that that you know they. It's a way less less fleshed out version of that sort of uh, vagrant story 
ring for your range combat system way less fleshed out that one that is kind of way more on the tactics side sort of combat um even though like kind of aesthetically i know a lot of people kind of compared the two of them just because it's you know you see a big targeting ring come up and you're just like oh i've seen that before i know what it is it plays very differently um but uh yeah yeah still still enjoyable it still holds up much much more so than how i was getting on with resident evil i i feel like to make that game playable at this point stick it in emulator and save scum for the room just i think it would be a playable game without that fucking god awful save system mm. it would it would still be it would be fine you could put up with the rest of the faults if you weren't putting up with those faults repeatedly over and over again um yep i I always think i miss games back in the day until i remember how shitty the save states of a lot of my favorite games were oh what do you mean majora's mask was perfect i actually like that one it does have a and it particularly bad save system but it works for the game for like a sit down play a session of it because it's it's just you know, anyway, what it, what it I don't saves know, man. I fucking adore Majora's Mask. I think that save system is a fucking atrocity. Eh. Only having temporary saves is fucking absurd. Mm. I mean, it works again. Like it doesn't take you that long to get anywhere, and experience like, a power outage and lose sixty hours of progress. Yeah, I hadn't thought about the power outage setting. It shouldn't be 60 hours. It saves every time you go back in time, which is two hours at the most. It saves... All the saves are temporary. When you load, it erases your last save in the original save system. Hmm. It's no, weird it to see you, hear you guys disagree so much, but I love no, it. No, it saves your game. There is a temporary save system if you use that, but that's not the save system. The game saves every time you go back in time. Maybe I'm misremembering it because it's been so long since I've used that original proper save system. Yeah. I just remember being mad at the time because, like, you had a save system that worked perfectly in Ocarina and then you threw it out the window for that bullshit. Yeah, no, your, your game saves every time you go back in time. But you can also save at any of the owl statues a temporary save, which is just save here. It's a save and quit mm. that you can use yeah. to, to pick back up from a dungeon or something. If you can't keep the full. Uh, I think it's like 20 minutes is what the, or like, no. It, uh, it regardless, regardless. It, anyway, it's, it's like yeah. 20 minutes for the three days or like normally or something like that. And then you can slow it down to significantly yeah. more than that. But well, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's, let's, let, po- the point being was that I'm glad the, sa- the safe states are what they are today. S- yes. Simply, simply yeah. to put it. Yeah. Um, um, but cool. Well, let's, let's, Proceed forward. Let's go on our final break, and then we will come back and do some uh, social media polls. So don't go anywhere. Ah, the summer breeze. The sun is beaming. The waves are crashing. Life is good. Mister! Mister! Uh, What? Mm. What in the blazes is going on? X-Tree! X-Tree! Read all about it! Read what, lad? 
Spit it out! How did you find me on vacation? Swordchomp has tank tops, beach towels, and much more over at store.swordchomp.com. Store.swordchomp.com? Store.swordchomp.com! Store.swordchomp.com. Yes! Store.swordchomp.com! Store.swordchomp. Yes, damn it! <sighs> it worked. I can enjoy my afternoon nap in peace. Hey, mister, did you hear about Store.swordchomp? We are back, and uh, I have a little surprise for you guys. I, I didn't tell you about this before the show. I'm really excited. Um, hold on just a quick second. That's right. We have the game show. We are back with the game show. I didn't tell you guys we were going to do this. Um, there, We're going to do the Sega Genesis versus the Super Nintendo game show. That's right. You guys are going to be going head-to-head to see who has the most knowledge. And Josh, before you worry, I looked up royalty-free music for that. And I will send you the actual file of okay. that. Okay. Not that it's really going to matter. But <laughs> um, anyways, so rule number one, no smartphones are looking up the answers on your computers. Uh, we're going to do it a little bit differently than the past. Rule number two. Okay. Whoever raises their hand first answers the question. Um, and I will, I will be broadcasting who does that because we are an audio-style podcast. And number three, if you are wrong, the other person can answer, but they only have 10 seconds to do so. Okay? Pretty easy. There are 10 questions. Are you pretending to look shit up, Josh? <laughs> I, was, I was seeing how long... I could go with that bit before I, you, you brought I, it up. Oh, I noticed immediately, but I, was, I, I didn't want to interrupt my own talking. You noticed what? <laughs> All right. You guys ready to go? Understand? Go for it. All right. Sure. And for those of you listening, please feel free to play along. Number one, which is the better selling console, the Sega Genesis or the Super Nintendo? Rich. Super Nintendo. That's right. Rich, you get one point. Super easy game we have here. All right. Rule, or not rule, uh, question number two. How many consoles of the Super Nintendo were sold? Is it A, 40 million, B, 45 million, C, 49 million, or D, 52 million? Rich, I'm gonna. I'm not 100 sure. I'm gonna guess 49 million. Is that your final answer? C. Yeah. Okay. The correct answer is C. 49 million. Rich, you're pulling out on front early on with two points. Josh, let's pick up the pace, buddy. <sighs> You've got free time to drink right now. I don't know what you're talking. Yeah, about. enjoy it, man. I wish yeah. I had a drink. <laughs> All right, number three. How many consoles of the Sega Genesis were sold? Is it A? 31 million, B, 33 million, C, 35 million, 
or D, 37 million. Rich again. <laughs> I'm going to guess 35. Is that your final answer? C. Yeah. No, 32. There's no 32. What, what was B? 33. I'm going to guess 33. I changed my answer. So 33 million B yeah. is your final answer? Yeah. You are incorrect, sir. Josh, you have the chance to steal it. Would you like me to reread the question or the answers? What was the last answer? Uh, <laughs> C. I don't know what the number was associated with that. I'm, I'm doing this the was, same way it was with Mexican food. You, you, pick, you, you look at it briefly, see if it's numbers or letters, and then you pick one of those without looking at I thought you were Mexican because Spanish, C. I thought that was the well, that, joke. Well, and yeah, unfortunately, no, that, you made the worst joke. You had a yeah. really good joke. No, no, I'm, that, this wasn't a joke. This is how you order Mexican food. It's way more fun. You find out, because th- the menus are always this way. It's either Oh my God, I don't fucking care. Or numbers. <laughs> and you just pick it's, one and enjoy what comes to you. All right. So C, 35 million? Yes. You are also incorrect. So both of you got it wrong. So I no will give you one final chance. D. You got to raise your hand. Yeah, there you go. D. That is incorrect. So I'm oh, actually really? just going to go ahead and say nobody gets the point. It was A, 31 million. Huh. I'm surprised it was that low. Like I. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised too, but it's what it is. It's what it is. It also hit uh, Western markets late, like later. So you know. yeah, yeah, you're that, right. About it, that. that does make kind of more sense now with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, number four. What was Super Nintendo's best-selling game? Was it A. Donkey Kong Country, B. Super Mario World, C. Super Mario Kart, or D. Super Mario All-Stars. Rich. Super Mario Kart. Final answer? Yeah. You are incorrect, sir. It is not Super Mario Kart. Josh, you have a chance to steal. Super Mario World. That is correct, Josh. Super Mario World was the best-selling game of all time for the Super Nintendo at number one. Number two is Super Mario All-Stars. Number three, Donkey Kong Country. And number four, Super Mario Kart. I thought you were deliberately trying to trick me, and so I immediately went for Super Mario Kart. Like Actually, maybe. I I haven't even gotten into any of the tricky questions yet. Um, some pretty just some basic easy ones, throwing them out there. Number five. So so far, Rich, you have two points. Josh, you have one point. I have nothing except failure. Uh, number five. What was the Genesis's At least best? You have something. <laughs> True. What was the Genesis's best-selling game? Was it A, Sonic 2, B, Disney's Aladdin, C, Sonic 1, or D, Sonic 3? Rich, I'm going to go with Sonic 2. That is your final answer? Yeah. That is incorrect. It is not Sonic 2. Josh, you have the chance to steal it. Sonic 1. That is also correct. <laughs> Josh. Also correct. Yeah. Rich kind of has an advantage of this since I've not raised my hand in over two decades. Well, you know, you can be obstinate all you want, but you mm-hmm. may lose the game. It's always a risk. <laughs> that you're willing to take. <laughs> but no, uh, Josh, you are correct. So Sonic 1 was best-selling. Sonic 2, second best-selling. 
Disney's Aladdin was the third best selling, which surprised me. That and Sonic makes sense. That's a good game. It it's is a good game. It's the good version of that, like the, mm-hmm. the test one, which is a different game, which we addressed recently. I want to say I think that came up last uh, week. Yeah, somehow. Um, yeah. Mm. Movie games. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's why it would have come up. I'm like, why? Yeah. How did? Why? Why were we talking about this? But no, that's why. That's mm. interesting. Yeah. All right, so you guys are tied up at two. This one should be pretty easy, as we just talked about it. Finish the slogan. Sega do what, Rich? It's Sega does what Nintendo don't. That's right. That's right. I actually can't even ask the question right. Oh my goodness! Thank you, thank you for correcting him because I was was deducted minus one point for being a dick. How does that feel? (laughs) Yes, strongly. (laughs) (laughs) He he sent an eggplant. (laughs) No, you're right. It is Sega does. Uh, Kid Icarus for one hundred. Yeah. No, you're right. I, I I typed that incorrectly. Um, so Rich, three points to Josh's two. Yeah. They weren't gonna have uh, an ad f- campaign with blatantly incorrect grammar. <laughs> Actually that would make them pretty cool if it was the nineties. Yeah. 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 Uh number seven. Which game now we're getting into some of the more difficult questions now. Which game had one version developed by Virgin and the other by Capcom one year later? Was it A the Lion King. B. Earthworm Jim. C. Animaniacs. Or D. Aladdin. Rich. I, for a minute I was thinking Lion King, but I do remember something weird with the publishing of Earthworm Jim, so I'm going to go with Earthworm Jim. Okay. And that's your final answer? Yeah. You are incorrect. It is not Earthworm Jim. Yeah. Josh, you have a chance. I'm to pretty steal. sure it is the Lion King. I specific, I think I mentioned this last week as well, or it may have been a different have. game because there, there were a few of them that Capcom did this with. I, I was I, I was pretty positive it was them at first, but then I, there is something funky with the publishing of Earthworm Jim, which is why it jumped yeah. ahead in my brain. So no, I think I, you might I, I be think, right. I think one of them did the Genesis version, and the other one did the SNES version, or something like that. Josh, hmm. you are incorrect. It is okay. not the Lion King. Not that one. I didn't know. Anyway. All right. So who? I guess that leaves I, I, Aladdin. Josh, I know, I know you're sticking to not raising your hand, but the, this is open to either one of you. Last chance. What are the last two choices? Last two choices are Animaniacs and Aladdin. I'm going to go with Animaniacs for 100, Alan. You are incorrect. It is Aladdin. I just thought it was going to be the outlier at this point, so I figured why not. No, um, Aladdin's an interesting case because we've talked about the differences of it. And that's like the, those yeah. stark differences are because it was produced by two studios. So the version the one Nintendo the, version, the... which was produced by Capcom, essentially yeah. plays like a platformer like Mario because yeah. he doesn't have a scimitar. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas in the Aladdin version, he does have a scimitar. It's funny. I specifically remembered bringing this up last week that they were yeah, made we by different it. companies. But yeah, we talked about we it. We talked about both these games. And because, I was thinking yeah. Virgin made the Lion King one. You, you and I brought it up. <laughs> Yeah. And I remember distinctly because Shay uh, was unaware of that at the time, and now we both blew it here. Yep, yep. I love how he asks us a question from last week, and we can't remember it. I can't remember what I had for fucking breakfast. I'm trying <laughs> my hardest not to remember what I had for breakfast. To be fair, these questions are from a time in my life when I remember things, actually. So, if anything, I have the upper hand here. Mm-hmm. Yep. I wasn't drinking in the 90s. I should know this. Exactly. 
Yeah, well, you know what? It's okay. It's Rem all fun. good. It's all good. We still got three more questions to go. Number eight. Which Sega celebrity collaboration game of the four is fake? Is it A, Andre Agassi Tennis? B, Michael Jordan Dunk Fest? C, or D, Joe Montana's Football? Ooh, that was a close one. Uh, you know what? I'm going to give it to Josh. I'm going to give it to Josh. I'm surprised to see him raise his hand. Yeah. Rusty. It's good. You did well. Uh, you did the two finger gesture like you mm-hmm. had like a, a gun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I dig it. Yeah. Josh. Stop buying time. It, was, it was Joe Montana's football. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Not incorrect. Not, you are incorrect. <laughs> that is a game that actually exists. That I was surprised. Joe exists. Montana football was on Genesis and Madden Why? was on. Was Joe Nintendo. Montana still a thing in the 90s? Yeah. They licensed them games differently. Ha. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's the tennis game. I knew it Andre was. Andre the... Agassi tennis? Yeah. yeah. You are incorrect. It is not Andre Agassi tennis. Really? So, it's the Michael so Jackson have... one. Okay. Or well, sorry, sorry, wrong. Well, the, it's the. Fuck. I don't remember well, what the other one is. It's it's the Michael so Jordan I'll, one. Is the one. That's I'll, I'll read real. the other two, and uh, whoever ra- raises their hand first can answer it. Michael Jordan Dunk Fest or Michael Jackson's Moonwalker? I, like Rich. It's the Michael Jordan Dunk Fest. Yeah, everybody knows Moonwalker. <laughs> Everyone knows Moonwalker is a real thing. I just didn't. Yeah. Anyway, we both that was assumed the only the other one, one that was, was fake. Yeah, that was never like the only on the one table. we knew. We all knew was real. <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason, because of my weird knowledge of how the Madden license was split up in the 90s, I mm-hmm. knew Joe Montana football was real. No, yeah. that makes sense because, yeah, the actual Madden license was on Nintendo at the time. Yes. Yeah. So, yes. They Rich, were the same are... game, though. Rich, yeah. you are correct. It is Michael Jordan. I just Dunk forgot Fest, that they though. even made the Genesis version of it is what yeah. it came down to. I just, I just completely uh, forgot they made that because, yeah. So a little known fact, and this is obviously more for me than it is for you guys. Michael Jordan refused to have his image um, used in any video game until NK, NBA 2K 2011. Yeah. That was the first game really? that had Michael Jordan appear in it. Yes. Uh, he refused? I mean, I'm pretty sure he's in Shut Up and Jam Gaiden. Uh, <laughs> actually, so he is in Space Jam because that was uh, the, the video game Space Jam because he yeah. had direct tie-in with that. What, but what, sh- Shut Up and Jam Gaiden. <laughs> What do you what do you boys know about Bill Lambeer's combat basketball? <laughs> oh fuck fuck Bill Lambeer. That is one person I irrationally hate for no reason. Uh, that's funny. Fuck no, no, if, if you guys haven't some I don't I wonder if you can even play it now. Is that I met, well, that was what did that run on? Windows ME? What when did that There's come out? There's probably a way to make that work. I'm yeah, I'm sure you could run it in some sort of legacy mode, but if you haven't, try to find yourself Charles Barkley's Shut Up and Jam Gaiden, which is a, a classic. Yes. A certified hood classic. Absolutely. <laughs> mm. You should mm. be able to find that online somewhere, because that was a... Yeah. Good times. Good times. Very good times. Yes. All right, well, Rich 4, Josh 2. Josh, you have a chance to tie it. Rich, you have a chance to put it away with this question. Cool. Which of the four Super Nintendo RPGs sold the best? Is it A, Final Fantasy VI, B, Dragon Quest VI, C, Dragon Quest V, or D, 
Final Fantasy V. Josh. I assume you're counting the the three version of the like you know the two and three that were for the yeah yep uh, right question there with that um, no no that's that's a very valid question because that would split the market in half for the Final Fantasy ones right off the bat yeah I'm pretty sure Final Fantasy VI sold the best but okay I I that think that's because it took off in the U in the Western market more than Dragon Quest did but hmm. Is that your final answer? Yeah, I'm going with that, but that's that's a that's still really iffy because the Japanese market was still so huge on this that I could be I could be off on it. Well, Josh, uh, I hate to tell you, but you are correct. You okay. got it All right. right. I thought I thought that one. Yeah, I kind of thought that the Japanese market alone could have pulled Dragon Quest farther ahead without me realizing. But... What what we knew is Final Fantasy three is really when Final Fantasy hit hit big it in the Western big market. So in the Western market. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Two was so popular enough, but th- three was big in the West. Mm, right, 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 right. All right, well, this last question ha- is multi-tiered to ensure so many that tears. there's... I know. L'Oreal, so, no more tears. Uh, so there's no possible Got way money that, back for them that we end this game with a tie. So, question number 10. Which console had more official games? Was it the Super Nintendo or was it the Genesis? Rich. Uh, what do you mean by official? Like, not the I mean, seal like, on it. right. Yeah. Super Actually Nintendo. licensed. Yeah. Mm. Super Nintendo. Is that your final answer? Yes. You are correct. Yeah. It by did. like an order, a couple orders of magnitude. Like yeah. that was, that was. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. Here's, here's how we're going to do it. If you guys can tell me. Within 100, I think that's pretty generous. How much either console sold, I will give you two points. How much? We already sold four? We we already answered. I'm saying the actual number. Oh, okay. Okay. Because you just gave us the the first part of it before. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can tell me how many games each console sold within 100. How many games each sold? Yes. Yes. I have no fucking idea. Oh, that's. it's, It's a chance for Josh to. Alright. Tie or, you know, come from behind. That's what she said. I'll always let him come from behind. So. Um, this is your guys' chance to Rich, you could put it away here. Or how many I, does this so, I assume it's concluding pack-ins? I don't know how Yeah, this yeah. So for example for example, yeah. if if the number is five hundred, if you say five hundred and ninety-nine, I will allow it. Oh, 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 you mean how many oh, games are games? on the console? Okay. I thought you were looking for attach rates. I, yeah, that's no. what I thought you were talking about. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm trying to math this out. I'm like, I think why, it's just shy of 200 over- million. No, it's just how but... many games each console had. Yeah, okay. Um... You guys need some thinking music? I'm pretty some... sure the SNES had... A... 1,600? Okay. But I'm my probably guess way is, off. My guess is the Genesis comes closer to a thousand, and I'm gonna bet fifteen hundred for the SNES. Oh, I guess I didn't even think of the other one. Josh, sixteen hundred. We have Rich. Just so we're not within a hundred, I'll, I'll go with eight hundred on the Genesis, but I don't think that's right. I think <laughs> that's go, too far. But it's gonna go. What, what was Josh's guess? Uh, you guessed sixteen hundred. Uh, fifteen ninety nine. <laughs> Rich, what was your what was your original guess for the SNES? Uh, fifteen hundred, and then for and the Genesis one thousand. 
Okay, Rich, 1,000. Sorry, I wanted to make sure I can visually see all I'm of waiting these. for our numbers to be off by orders of I'm magnitude. sure they're way off. I'm trying to think of all the perfectly legal sites I go to look for these sort of things and, and thinking <laughs> I've, about... I've, yeah. I have a lot of ROM folders, so yeah. I, it's hard to say. Are those yeah. all filled with ROM-coms? Bad um, joke. Anyways, let's move on. Yes, uh, as many as they can <laughs> hold. All right, so bad news. Neither of you got close enough to the Super Nintendo. Yeah, I figured The official much. number... You guys were close, but not close enough. The official number is 1,757. Okay. I was really close on the SNES. That's, that's close enough. I was... Anyway, you're 157. Let's not, let's, not, let's not change rules here. No, yeah. no, no. But that's. I'm I'm but, happy with that ballpark for 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 just a guess of the number of games on there. Oh yeah, no, no, that's pretty good. That's, well, I think that one of you will have something to be a little bit more proud of because the one of you got close enough for the Sega Genesis oh. because that had 713 games. Damn. All right. I know it had significantly less. That's. I assumed I was low on the Genesis. Actually, I assumed it was probably somewhere between Rich and I. But I, I yeah, I thought I it was wanted to go to like, down like a, more than just a hundred. If you asked me to like pick a number at random, like a, a pure like try and get it spot on, I would have picked like nine hundred and fifty-two. Uh, <laughs> so really quick, before anybody says anything else, Josh just said he he thought he wanted to go down more than a hundred, and that's the title of his sex tape. Thank you very much. I got it out. Thank you for coming out tonight. Everybody have a good one. <laughs> Tip your waitresses. <laughs> I had to get that one in there before Absolutely. before the opportunity was squandered. But no, yeah. um yeah, so I mean that I think that leaves you guys as tied and you know what? I'm happy with that because um yeah, I think I think that's a good place because we just cuz we now we don't have how. to figure out who has custody of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's that's coming right. to my place for Christmas. That's right. Um, but yeah, that was, I think that was a lot of fun. I like how at the beginning you guys were not so keen on it. And by the end, you guys were having a lot of fun. Yeah. I was, I was ready to go from the start, man. I don't know what you're talking about. You, you said you wanted alcohol cause you weren't ready for this shit. Oh no. I, I, I always want to drink. I have a, I have a fucking problem. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Well, Thank you guys for participating. That was a lot of fun. I had fun. I, I got that done really quickly this morning after finishing Legends Arceus. I was like, oh, fuck, I gotta get this done as quick I as do, possible. I do enjoy those. I just felt a little yeah. blindsided there. Well, I, well that's, I, I don't want to prepare you guys because then you guys will research mm-hmm. inevitably. And then that makes my job harder. No, I wouldn't do that. That would ruin the fun. I, like, I, I genuinely would not do that. I don't okay. do that for the okay. main show. I don't know why I'd start. Why am I going to do it for this? <laughs> Very true, very true, Josh. Good point, good point. Um, you know, but I... You're you know, worried I, I'm going to do had... extra work? Okay, keep worrying. <laughs> Whatever, nerd. No, I just, I wanted to surprise you guys with that, and I was glad that um, you guys were willing to play along. Mm-hmm. So, thank you guys very much, and I hope you, uh, the listeners, enjoyed that as well. Um, I will, like I said, we've done that a few times in the past. I like to spring it in there, here and there, when I feel like it's the the occasion calls for it and i felt like this was the perfect opportunity for that so hopefully yeah. you enjoyed learning a little bit more about that era of gaming all right well let's do the social media or polls whatever just happened on... <laughs> uh, every tuesday at the sword Chom instagram you can vote on the social media polls that we put up there and uh we'd like to discuss the results so 
The first question is, true or false, I predict that Horizon Forbidden West will be the best looking game of 2022. Now, at this point, a lot of people already know if that's, you know, true or false as of currently. But 70% of people predicted, yeah, that's true. It is going to be the best looking game this year. What do you guys think? Do you guys think it's going to be one of the best looking games of this year? Um, probably not. <laughs> uh, I don't mean like, I'm sure it's going to look fucking fantastic, but it's also, it's a game developed for last gen as well as modern gen. It's going to have limitations because of that. I, I it's going to look beautiful as fuck, but I'm sure there's stuff that's going to come out, uh, like next gen exclusive later on. that's going to blow it out of the water. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the, the engine they're building it on, is way more gorgeous than it should be on last gen hardware. Um, sure, I don't disagree with that. I mean, Death Stranding still looks absolutely gorgeous, and this, you know, like you're saying, it runs on the PS4, but uh, how well does it run on the PS4? Yeah, is the question. yeah, I kind of feel like they're really this is more or less a PS5 game as far as like kind of no. What they're aiming I agree. For. I just I I believe like it's hard to say because like what what do we know that's going to definitely hit market in 2022? Yeah, that's... and I feel like th- there could be something easily that sneaks up on us and like is the visual masterpiece of the year, and it might be something unexpected. Yeah, no, there absolutely could be. It's just that uh, kind of knowing how this engine looks already. I, I think it's got a good shot of it. I, I think it's, it, it, it's in the conversation yeah. by the end of the year for sure. I think probably, but I'm I'm still I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see what what we're getting out of this console by the end of this year in terms of people. There's going to be a lot more, you know, made for this gen stuff on the market. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I uh, I think it's going to be a really good looking game, but I I'm kind of in the camp of Rich. Actually, I think that they're going to be some games that are going to blow it out of the water and surprise us like Forspoken I think is a game that has potential to be super yeah. gorgeous. Everything they've showed us of that so far looks amazing. But yeah. again, they've showed us very curated snippets of it so far. So Exactly. Who's to say? slice? Yeah. Exactly. Uh Ghostwire Tokyo looks like it has the potential to be a visually stunning game as well that we are sleeping on, so there are definitely uh, God of War Ragnarok is coming. Obviously, is that supposed to be this year? Yep, that's yep, that's got a real time. shot at at being the prettiest thing this year. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, just, I, I just think that is enough of the first God of War. That's so. probably in the same camp of like if it's. I think if that is the one though, it's like there's a conversation to be had between that and Horizon because they're both like showcase pieces for Sony and how yeah, pretty their yeah. games can be. Exactly. Um, so we'll have to see what happens. Um, neither, none of us have put time into that game yet, so we can't decide if it is really good looking or not. Really wish we had. (laughs) I, I do too, but it is what it is at this point. Um, this one was a lot of fun to watch as, as time went on. Which of these Super Nintendo classics is the better of the two? Super Mario World and Link to the Past. Um, both are phenomenal games and I would... I, I hated making two people or people choose between the two. It was neck and neck up until the very end. Super Mario World came out on top with fifty one percent, and Link to the Past with forty nine percent. That's no, that sounds numbers wise about where I'd I'd, I'd expect 
Um, Do not yeah. make me pick my children. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like, yeah, I it, think that I think that Link to the Past really kind of set the formula going forward for a long, long time with how to make ridiculously satisfying dungeons. Um, yeah. The overworld was still amazing in that game, but I kind of feel like some of the charm from the overworld slowly faded away as the series went on because the dungeons were so good that everyone thought that was the focus. Mm. Yeah. Um, right. But yeah. I think for the most part, just, yeah, it, it really did. It set the template. Like, even, even the 3D Zeldas, like, everything, everything going forward from there was really built around these really satisfying and complex dungeons. Yeah, very much inspired by them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and that that game will forever be like that look is timeless. That it's just it. I don't. It doesn't know fade. why there's not been another bunny link since then. How how have we not gotten another game where Link is a pink bunny since then? Um, there've been allusions to that for sure. Yeah, it's it's a, not that's a real shame. That. Real shame. I think people weirdly take Zelda a little bit more seriously than they do like Mario. So in the world of Mario, it makes more sense. Fuck but... them, right? We need more I pink bunny Link. Yeah, I don't we disagree. Need... Those people, um, they suck, and they're ruining video <laughs> games. <laughs> right? Let's make video games. The Wind again. Waker haters. I we know who you are. I don't want my video games to be fun. <laughs> Hold on, let me let me do let me do a probably not so PC recreation of what it was like growing up as a video gamer in the Midwest in the 2000s. Oh, I won't have my my Link wearing that gay ass fucking rabbit pink rabbit suit. That's for girls. What a bunch of gay shit. Fuck that. Uh-huh. Don't people know what Zelda's actually about? Fucking. Oh, I don't want that gay shit in my game. I hate that shit. Mm-hmm. Fucks me. I love this. The sad like, part is they've not gone anywhere near as hard as they actually went on Wind Waker. I know. When it turned I... out to not be the tech demos they showed us. The the greatest Zelda game. Mm-hmm. Like the like. Oh god, Wind Waker's so good. Yeah. 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 And I, another uh, Zelda game with a literal like a timeless art style. That game still looks yep. phenomenal today because of the art direction. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't I don't miss being a teenager in the Midwest and liking video games of different things. I, I remember actually when I sorry, quick tangent. You guys all got <laughs> tangents. I want my one tangent. Go ahead. I uh when I played baseball back in middle school and I remember that's when Harry Potter was really starting to come into its heyday. Um I got made fun of for reading the books and This idiot knows how to read. Oh, ba- basically implied wow. that I was, uh, what, what the term was coined at the time is like metrosexual oh, and God. shit like that back in the because day. Because you were reading? Metrosexual for reading. <laughs> you guys, re- that's, you guys remember Metrosexual that was the dumbest goddamn term I've ever heard, but for reading yeah. is just the funniest application of it. Well, it's the worst one, but like, it's a terrible term more so because like, they were implying that like, oh, you fell into this camp of like someone adopting gay culture because what you bathed regularly Mm -hmm. 
Like, oh, this person takes pride in their appearance. Apparently, I I couldn't imagine, like... A trait not common in straight men, apparently. That's why I feel like a lot of men in the Midwest stay in the Midwest, because their fragile, toxic masculinity couldn't handle going anywhere else. Like, I think about it all the time. Oh, not all the time. A lot of the time when I encounter some of those things What do you mean there are pants other than camo and jeans? (laughs) <laughs> like that Ugh. or like when i go to the onsen i think about how like dudes are showering in front of each, each other before they get into a public bath together you know like yeah not together together but they're mm-hmm. all you know in the same area and i can't yeah. imagine a fucking toxic masculinity riddled egotistical man trying to get into one of those situations and, and i it's applicable so with video gaming too because I guess, like, we had a, I had a degree of that growing up, but it wasn't, like, nearly that severe. Like, I'm familiar with the use of the term metrosexual, but it it's was not... It's not used anymore, It thankfully. wasn't... No, it wasn't even really used widely in New York at the time, but, like... Oh, you were in the metro. Th- we were... We, yeah. well, th- we had and only used was it... was very sexual. When yeah. we were under... When we were on the subway, we were all metrosexuals, if exactly. you know what I mean. Exactly. Whether this you wanted is the to or not, that, like, that was just a side effect of being on the subway. This is the R- fucking car. Keep moving, prude. Rich, mm-hmm. Rich, what would you do if you got on the train one day and it was just a fucking full-blown orgy? I would miss your stop. Drink, I would drink my coffee and read my paper like always. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's fucking jizz just What you just asked me was like, what would you do if you got on the train and it was Tuesday? Like, yeah, <laughs> people fuck on the train. <laughs> Have you ever seen that, actually? Okay, so here's the thing, like, that, it's not like that's a thing that happens every day, like, I'm talking about when you're taking, like, a train at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, and there's definitely people having sex in the corner over there, and we're all really drunk, and we just want to get home. Fair enough, fair enough. And then, and then you, you'll ask if they brought enough to share with the class, but usually you just... I just remember, I have a distinct memory of watching a man clearly climax... Um, like inside a train car at two o'clock in the morning, and I remember walking out of a subway tunnel onto like a fucking dead midtown, and <laughs> my friend Eric's walking in front of me, and he just starts skipping up the stairs. And we're all drunk as shit right after we just like stare each other down, watching that happen. Go New York, New York. <laughs> <laughs> was it like he climaxed by himself or with a partner? Oh, there was a partner. Was he loud about it, or Good was for it him. just? It, it probably was like he was trying to hide it, but we were the only four people in the train car. Like, you can't... We know what's happening here. Well, I didn't know if he was, like, trying to assert his dominance be like, yeah! No, he was... Like, he was, like, trying to stifle. It was a, a t- an attempted stifle, but, you know, the rattling of the subway car is only going to cover so much. <laughs> Why didn't Frank Sinatra write a song about that? It's a beautiful city. <laughs> All right. Y'all ever see a rat king? Let's get back to our fucking video games and social media. Y'all ever seen a Rat King climax? (laughs) Because I have. (laughs) Right all over my New York pizza. I've seen a Rat King climax in the Midtown Tunnel, baby. (laughs) Oh, gross. Uh, Which of these Sega Genesis classics is the better of the two? Shinobi 3 or Streets of Rage 2? As to nobody's surprise... Streets of Rage 2 yeah. fucking destroyed Shinobi 3, 71% to 29%. Yeah, that's just not fair. Like, Shinobi 3 is good, but, like, Streets of Rage. 
Yeah. Come on. I I had a hard time like even thinking of anything comparable to that series in terms of popularity. I mean, I guess I could put Sonic up against it, but I maybe I should have. I don't know. I feel like you're trying to like you're being unfair to it at that point. Yeah. To Sonic? Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was giving you the opportunity to unless it's Sonic Two, Sonic Eight. Sonic Two is a phenomenal game, but um, yeah, it, no, to no one's surprise, that was uh the results. So not much to discuss there. Streets of Rage Two is an amazing game. That soundtrack for one, two, oh, yeah. three, and four, all top notch. They should make a three D Sonic. <laughs> and the last poll, which has nothing to do with uh, video games, I brought back uh. Because we were kind of discussing this last weekend. I had watched the most recent episode, so I wanted to discuss it a little bit. Euphoria continues to get better and better. Everything about it is great, but Zendaya's acting has cemented her as one of the best in the game right now. Uh, 73% of people said she's on top. Hopefully they didn't infer anything else from that. I just realized the implication that could be taken from that. That's my fault. Phrasing. Sure you did. I oh, honest, we're doing, honest we're doing phrasing again? And then 27% <laughs> of people said she's alright, I guess. Um, um, 27% of people really need to... I'm not caught up yet, so, so I don't... I think it's weird to have noticed that based off of a up. weird TV drama. But, you know. It's a very good show. It is a it's very... A TV drama. Yeah, I, I've seen those yeah. before. Dude, that show is so good. It's very good. So good. Yeah, I, I'm super impressed it's with prestige, it. Uh, it's prestige TV, baby. Yeah, uh, again, I've seen prestige TV. It's, it's mostly terrible. Man, how wrong you are about this one, Josh, because, yeah, that... Uh, I mean, I, uh, it might be good. It's got a... There's no way it's worse than most other prestige television. Here, here's what I'll say. Um... You and your ivory tower. Maybe, the, maybe there, there's definitely going to be some minor spoilers here. I will try and be as vague as I can. I'm going to take trying... my headset off then. <laughs> you might want to, because I am actually going to. I'll say, I'll, this, come back, okay? I'll wave my hand and come back. Um, there's an episode, Josh, where uh, one of the characters in there has this heavy addiction and just the way it's depicted and the fallout of that addiction is is intense stuff. It's like on par with um you remember do you watch Train Spotting? The first I, movie? Uh, the movie? Yeah. 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 You remember the part where Ewan McGregor's character has to go through that detox and um and it's just kind of like that harrowing not journey of enough trains in that movie. <laughs> they weren't they weren't spotted either. Yeah, it was my main <laughs> problem with that movie. Right. But no, um the the way it's depicted in um, the show is just, it's phenomenal. And it, it has such a large part to do with Zendaya's acting as well. Um, man, it's, it's, it's harrowing stuff. It's really good. Um, it's, to me, to me, it's like, maybe you wouldn't like it so much, Josh, because it feels like each character in that show is specifically not supposed to be likable um, to some degree 
because they all are inherently making really terrible choices. So, yeah, and like I I get that from a drama perspective, but like that's that's basically all prestige television, which yeah, is my I've problem with succession. it. I'm like, this is all yeah. assholes. Why why are there this whole show? It's all assholes. And like, yeah, I get that. That's TV at this point. After going back through Seinfeld and realizing, oh, this is where TV went wrong. Um, but like, that's a little different. Um, but it, yeah, like, it's it's. I, I don't know. I don't have time for that. Like, I have nothing but time for that. Succession, also pretty great. Yeah. I, I haven't watched Succession yet. Um, I, I will say this. Here's all I'll say. I think Zendaya is at the top of her game. I think she's one of the most exciting Yeah, uh, She's been great in everything else I've seen her in, so I, I don't doubt yeah. it. But, yeah. Yeah, again, I, like, I, I think it's strange to, you know, just see a TV show and go... Oh yeah, that's well, why she's so great. But well, that's not the only reason. But it's on the minds of a lot of people. A lot of people are yeah. talking about it on social media right now, which is why I use that as that the reference sense. point to talk about. Because yeah, you're right. Everything I've seen her in, I've really enjoyed her in. Um, Rich, here's all I gotta say. You need to get caught up. It's like the last two episodes. I've been busy, man. I don't know if you know. There's a lot of video games. <laughs> the last two episodes are the best of the the show so far, and they're phenomenal. And you will see why I did this poll. We'll wrap um, up this podcast and I'll go watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, since you're not caught up, there's not too much to talk about there. But um, in, in general, Rich, do you, would you agree that you think she's one of the most exciting um, people in the acting game right now? Oh, for a number of reasons, even, even beyond that, and even going back to her performance in the first season of that show. Like, yeah, she is a tremendous talent. That, that's clear. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't wait for you to watch the most recent episodes. Yeah. And I will. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it for the polls. Again, keeping them short and sweet this year. So if you want to vote, this head year. over to... Yeah. Uh, I guess, yeah, you're right. I, it, it read as a strange reaction. Like... No, I'm saying, like, like, because as compared to last year, and I've talked about it before, where I was doing really lengthy polls, and I was doing a bunch of them, and whatnot. Um, You were compensating. polls are more about the girth than the length, anyway. Yeah, it's about y'all, really. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I don't, I don't, what? There was no reason to make that joke. It was the y'all one? No, no, the... The girth one. I was I was building off of the back of yours. Yeah, no. Just thank you for salvaging that. It's just I was trying. Yeah, nobody talks about yaw enough. Exactly. Right. But uh, that's gonna be it for the polls. Uh, just a few quick things. If you liked and enjoyed the show, I didn't catch on with fidget spinners being as popular as they were for a while. You're a fidget spinner. Got him. Fucking uh, got him. Yep. If you, if you like the show and you want more content from us, please, please head over to swordchomp.com where we have more podcasts. We have uh, Chomping After Dark, a spoiler cast. We have Evoke, uh, yeah, Evoking the Sublime War. I interview game developers um, and talk about the history and creation of their video games. I'm going to be getting some news up on that very soon. Um, I know I've, I, I've been teasing that the last few weeks. I haven't been able to sit down and edit, which I'm going to be doing this weekend. And then I will be able to stop 
start dropping some actual news on that. Um, and also, Rich does a podcast called Chomping at the Bits that he does with some of his friends where he talks about the historical relevancy of a video game, um, retro video games. And Rich is holding up three fingers like he wants to finger me. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, if you're listening to this episode, uh, there will be a new Chomping at the Bits this coming Wednesday on Tony Hawk's Pro Skaters. Keep an eye out for that. Dope. All right. Cool. And here I am doing everything I can. Can. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, another great recommendation in our, our, um, our drive, so to speak, to talk about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater and the research process. I know if a lot of people are um, aware of that. There is a really great documentary about the making of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater called uh, Pretending I'm Superman, the Tony Hawk video game story. Uh, that's on Amazon Prime. Mm. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. There's a lot of good stuff hidden on Amazon Prime. It's $3 to own that documentary. It's really good. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so we have more podcasts there. We have... Uh, Articles that we've been writing, uh, articles and reviews, you know, like opinion pieces, reviews of games w that we've recently played. I'm going to be working on the Pokemon Legends Arceus one this weekend, finally, after having completed the game. And as people are already moving on from the game at this point, what better time to get it up than now? <laughs> but, it's more relevant than ever. Mm -hmm. Right. No, but I, I mean, I want to get an article up about that and i have some other smaller articles i'm going to be working on this weekend as well hopefully get all that stuff caught up and up to date on that end um anyways we also have a merch store that you can check out and we have a bunch of cool designs up there we have one designed by one of our patreons bernadette wonderful person uh designed some designed uh, some merch for us as well so head over to the store and check that out if you are interested in wearing some merch from us and last but not least, you can head over to patreon.com slash swordchomp where you can figure out how to support us even further um, if you'd like. It helps us out a ton because we are a 100% listener-funded show, and you are rewarded for that, um, such as access to a private Discord channel, access to a private Instagram page, um, doing one-on-one -on -one chats with the three of us uh, via a Skype call, having your shout-out, in uh, name shouted out in a, an episode that we do at the end of every month and access to other things like that um getting early access to various podcasts as well so you can head over there check that out if you are interested in that um and that we would we would very much appreciate because it helps us out a ton but we are going to get out of here now we had a lot of fun with this episode thank you for all the participation in the polls and the topic of the week uh thank you to rich calling in from new york uh josh calling in from i almost said michigan but it's north carolina now mm -hmm. and uh myself thank you shay for calling in from japan you're welcome shay no problem shay and uh i just want to say uh be safe out there keep you and your loved ones in uh, good health and good spirits be kind to one another drink some water and we will catch you on the next episode take care